Hello, I'm Dr. Kat, and I would like to talk to you about thermal
Well, I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is the host show, Five Smooth Stones. I am Brother Seth. I want to welcome, welcome, welcome each and every one of you, especially those of you that are here early, already in the chat room, already on the phone lines. We want to thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't say it enough. I really mean that. Because you never know if we're going to repeat. For those that's coming late, they just might miss out because we don't always repeat things. But I am going to give uh, some of our brothers just a little bit more time um, because I don't want them to miss out. Okay? So we are going to give some of the regular people that uh, normally is always on this show uh, a little more time. So what I'll what I'll do is I'll um, play a couple of things I want to uh, put out there for everybody. But before I do that, I want to let everybody know that tonight's show is a show that uh, it's taken us two weeks. As you know, we have had a two week break from the last show, and it, even though it has been a break, it wasn't uh, intentionally. We really plan on doing part uh, five immediately after part four, which part five is nothing more than a continuation of part four. And just so people can know, because some of y'all listen for the first time, you didn't listen to part one, two, three, or four, and you listen tonight because the maybe the, the description of the show tonight got you. So Brother Seth tonight is just going to break down briefly uh, what has happened over the um, all the titles, I should say, of the last four shows. We can't really get into them. Y'all just going to have to go back into the archives and check them out. It's just that simple. But we have had a ball. We have had a blast talking about the kingdom and what the Most High is doing with the revelation of his natural biological descendants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Their children, where they're at today, We've talked about things like why it's important, and we've talked about things, uh, well, the first show, the very first show, if I can stay on task, the very first show was talking about how we know we Israel using the scriptures, how do we, when I say we, I'm talking about millions of people, folks, probably one of the biggest movements ever to hit the planet. This is not just an American thing. It's not just a UK thing. It's not just a... Um, this is something that's literally you can read. Uh, all is documented way throughout the Internet. Just because something's on the Internet don't mean it's right, but the, there's some reliable sources on the Internet. And you can check out different schools of thoughts. Uh, I'm talking about folks that love the Most High that is declaring who the natural biological descendants of Abraham and Isaac are, and this is just not so-called African-Americans, because as you know, the Most High said it was scattered seed among all nations because of their rebellion, and they have been truly scattered to all nations. That was the first show. How do we know we Israel, and we said proving, uh, how do we know we Israel proving the Bible? So we use the Bible, the book to prove beyond a shadow of doubt with many, many scriptures that we are indeed, we speaking African-American and other people scattered throughout the planet are truly the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because we just don't stop with African-Americans. That would be a lie from the pit of hell. Most High scattered his seed among 
all nations, and all nations do have these people we call Israelites or Jews or Jacob. All right? So that was the first show. The second show, we uh, since the first show we used to prove we are Israel with the scriptures, the second show was devoted to proving we're Israel without using scriptures. So that's the most popular show. These shows have ranged into the thousands. Literally thousands of people have heard these shows. Well, part two, we visited how we know we Israel without using the scriptures. Now, somebody might say, well, if there was no scriptures, there was no Israel. Mainly what this show was trying to focus on was the was the foolishness of a white nation. No disrespect or offense to anybody, but we tried to fool the, we, we tried to uh, share the scientific historical data that would validify the fact that it is just mere foolishness to think of a white race anywhere in that region of the world, talking about Israel. So we went to great depth to show all types of signs that the scriptures indeed are true. For those of you that don't have the uh, respect for the Bible, you don't believe in the Bible like you once did, you've given up on the scriptures, as a matter of fact, that second show would be your show because we did not use the scriptures that day. And we did, I think, a wonderful job proving uh, not just the validity of the scriptures, but uh, the fact that the Israelites could not have been, or any ancient people could not have been as white as people are today in or from Europe. As a matter of fact, the original European was indeed himself a dark-skinned man called the Grimaldis. This is history, folks. That was part two. Part three? was what does this have to do with my salvation, with my life, with my children? Why are y'all on this show talking about we're Jews and you're going to prove it in the Bible and you're going to prove it without the Bible? Part three was for those to say, what does this have to do with today? How relevant is this? Why do I need this information? Why do we need it? Why there are so many people on Facebook and YouTube and MySpace and all over the Internet and all over probably the planet talking about this? Part three was your show if you had that question. Then part four was the show I was talking about earlier, the last show we did where we talked about how do you live? Okay, some of you have been following us and you see the revelation. You understand beyond a shadow of doubt that it is indeed foolish to even think that anybody, uh, uh, a white as a nation, could have been the Israelites. You understand it. You know it's not about racism. You know we're not on no black and white tip. You know this is so much bigger than us preaching that Christ was black, the prophets was black. You know we're beyond that and you see the maturity in this thing. And you're saying, okay, I see the light. I can prove it myself now without scriptures and with scriptures. And I do see how it's very relevant to today. I see the light. But how do we live as Israel if you are an Israelite? Or if you're not an Israelite and you're looking on from the outside, you might be thinking, 
Well, where do I fit in at? I'm not an Israelite, according to these prophecies y'all have mentioned. I'm definitely not an Israelite. So what's in it for me? How do I promote the true Israelites now that I know the truth? Part four was for you. How do you live as an Israelite? How do you live in 2013 if you're not an Israelite and you want to promote this message? How should you now look at the church? How should you now look at these so-called African Americans and all these other people scattered throughout the four corners who are indeed the lost tribes of Israel, lost but now found? How, you say, do I get a piece of this kingdom, this new kingdom revelation. Part four was for you. So you say, well, what is part five all about? Part five is just a continuation of part four. Part five is just a continuation of part four, simple and plain. We will have a guest today. Brother Gary is going to be joining me very shortly from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I'm in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Where are you at tonight? So we're going to have a very interesting show. I'm looking forward to it. I tell you, I'm looking forward to it. It's always a challenge to put these shows together, but once I get them together, I always enjoy just this feeling just um, that comes with this whole thing. So like I said, we're just going to take a quick little break here, folks, and allow the, the brothers and sisters that are not here to come. Again, thank, thanks, thanks to those that are already in the house already in the house, already listening, already tuned in, want to hear a word from the Most High. Tonight we're going to try our best to cover subjects we have not covered before, so if you heard part four, don't think that you were going to be repeating part four. This is part five. Part four, we thought we could do it all in two hours, but that was foolishness on my part. I should have known better. It's just impossible. It's just strictly impossible to go over all the different ways to live as an Israelite. So we may end up doing three parts to this. Not we came in tonight, I can tell you that right now. As I begin to start researching, doing different things, I realize that it is impossible to cover how should you live as an Israelite. So me and Brother Gary is going to take a big swing at it tonight, but I can tell you right now it's going to be very hard very hard. So look for Brother Yahshua to join us on next week, and uh, we are going to revisit um, this whole uh, notion of how do we live? How do we live as an Israelite? How do we do this thing? So uh, that is what is going to go down tonight, and y'all, and I say this, but I mean it, be in prayer for us, because we both, I can tell you right now, at least I know I am, I speak for myself, I'm a little bit tired today, and it's really hard to uh, cover this topic the way it needs to be covered if you're not 100%. I'm not 100% tonight. But, you know, we've been doing this so long, it shouldn't be should be pretty easy. So I'll be right back. Here's Andre Crash with a very old one, but very relevant. I want all you Hebrew Israelites, or all you Israelites, all of you people that call yourself Jacob or the house of Jacob, or whatever you call yourself, those of you that is now I have identified your true heritage. Listen to these words very careful. And not just those, uh, this group of people, but everybody. Listen to the words of this song. Very, very um, relevant to what we'll be talking about tonight. Check this out. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, we're back. We're back. Uh, again, uh, you listen to Five Smooth Stones. This is Brother Seth, and tonight we have for the topic. Uh, this is part five. Those of you that's been following the series, thank you. Uh, the, the topic, if I can talk tonight, the topic of the show tonight is going to be how should we live as the real Israelites um, today, and that's part five. And, uh, again, um, just want everybody to know, um, let me just kind of read this this show's description. Then we're going to go to Brother Gary immediately. Uh, all over the planet, uh, this is what I what we put together earlier, all over the planet, millions recognize that the real Israelites who happens to be vastly dark-skinned people. Um, uh, let me start over here. It says, all over the planet, millions recognize the real Israelites. And then I said in parenthesis, who happens to be vastly dark-skinned people. I went on to say, many new to their identity as Israelites ask the question, how do we live as the real Israelites, Jews, in today's world? Many further ask, how does this enhance our relationship with the Most High? Also, how does we, how do we raise our families uh, as Israelites, and how should we even see America? Lastly, Israelites ask, how should we see the church, the business world, politics, just to name a few? So that's what I mentioned earlier. That that's the description of the show. So those of y'all that's tuning in in the archives, you now listen to the live show, and you happen to um, stumble upon this, uh, you will um, just so we're on the same page. Brother jo- uh, Brother Gary's on the line. I'm going to go ahead and bring him in. He's going to have to leave a little early tonight, a little early. So I'm going to bring him in and give him the mic, give him free reign for about I'd say about 15 minutes, something like that. We we'll just let him kind of just share uh, what's on his heart, where it relates to uh, how do we know? I mean, excuse me, uh, I'm so just I'm telling you, I'm I'm not 100 percent keeping you in your prayers, but uh, he share as far as how should we live as the real Israelites tonight? Now, brother, real brief description. Well, let me just go ahead and open the uh, show up, and he can tell y'all more about who he is and what's going on with him right now and how to get a hold of him. Brother uh, Gary, please, I'm going to go ahead and open up your line here in a second, but just let everybody know who you are because people will be listening to you for the first time and they don't know who you are and they don't even know why they should be listening to you. That's the way a lot of people are and they have a right to feel that way. So just share with, with the people who you are and why they should really heed the things you're talking about tonight along with how they can get a hold of you. So, Brother Gary, you are now on the line live. Go ahead with uh, answers to that question, please. Well, if everyone, good morning. Um, uh, good morning from the Long Star State, uh, Texas, where I'm evening. calling from. You mean good evening? Uh, it's late. It ain't midnight yet. Well, I'm sitting for four of my brothers and sisters there on the East Coast. Of course, oh, okay. for those here in Central Time, we still got about four more minutes. But uh, Seth said, uh, I'm, I am a native of uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Long Star State. Well, you know, they say we do, everything, we do everything bigger, and sometimes we even do it better. But uh, <laughs> that being said, um, I've known Seth probably for uh, half a lifetime. Um, met Seth a few years before I entered college. I'm um, alumni of Oral Roberts University, studying theology, um, where I also uh, minored in political science. Um, and 
And, of course, within that journey, I uh, studied, did a lot of research on Islam, uh, church history, biblical history, um, came into the uh, understanding of, well, not so much of an understanding, but just sense of a knowing, just kind of uh, looking at scriptures and looking at things that were taking place in society in regards to African Americans, in regards to our sojourn here in America, and kind of had a sense of a deep, you know, of... um, an impression that that there was maybe a possibility that the people of Israel, the people of the book, the two descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, maybe it could possibly be us because it seems that our life circumstances and conditions seems to line up more so with the scripture than the people who are currently inhabiting the land of Israel. So with that being said, um, and with uh, Brother Seth's input and a number of other people, uh, and then with my own study and research, um, and just progressive, you know, what I call progressive revelation, progressive understanding. Uh, you start at a point and you just move forward. And and that whole thing of moving forward arrived at this conclusion through research and through um, studying and studying the Bible specifically, which happens to be my, you know, the supreme authority for all that I believe, uh, have more than come to the conclusion and very converted and um, persuaded of the fact that we are the uh, children of Israel, we are the the lost seed of the house of uh, Judas, the lost seed of the house of Israel. And that being said, uh, that's where I'm at now. That's why people want to contact me. They can contact me on Facebook. They can contact me through Israel Now. I'm also a co-host of the Israel Now uh, broadcast radio that we do on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Um, so they can contact me there at the Israel Now, and that word now is spelled with two W's on Facebook, or I can just contact me through my own personal Facebook page, Gary Ellis. <clears throat> so that that that's basically kind of an introduction of background as far as uh, where am I coming from, the direction. So okay, Brother Gary. Well, I appreciate that introduction. I want to go ahead and give you uh, the floor and just let you just kind of go and just kind of empty out, so to speak, and then I'll come behind you. Um, I'll give you about 15 minutes, and uh, what I would like to accomplish is is us to try not to go over any of the stuff we went over. It's going to be impossible, but, I mean, try not to elaborate on anything we've already elaborated on within the previous shows. I mean, those of uh, those people listening to this show that don't know we Israel by now, unfortunately, we can't spend a whole lot of time proving that. We've already spent over four hours doing that. So we want to take this show and go a step further and say to those that absolutely positively know we are Israel beyond a shadow of doubt, and they're saying, well, but how do you live this thing? How do you... What does this change? What does this what does this alter? What what's gonna be different or what can I expect different? I want Brother Gary and his where the most I have him at in his walk to try to explain that with the, hopefully the help of the most high and the Holy Spirit, uh, to the people. Okay. Um well let's say this at the beginning at the onset. If you um have not archived the previous shows, uh, it would be definitely to your benefit to do so in order to get a complete understanding if you are uh, new uh, to this understanding as to our identity as us being Israel. 
you definitely want to want to archive those shows uh, because I have taken care to take notes to try to make certain that I do not repeat uh, much of anything that we've covered in the first four shows. So what you're hearing now will definitely be things that we have not discussed, at least not in depth thus far. Let me say also here at the onset that at this point, uh, if you've been following the show, then that means that you are convinced and that you are persuaded that we are the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We are Israel. And that being said, also, that if you've been following anything of this movement, you know that right now when it comes to the issue of how then should we live, now that we know that we're Israel, how, do, how should we conduct our daily affairs, how should we should live our lives? Do we celebrate the holidays that are celebrated <clears throat> here within the nation that we're in. I mean, just exactly, you know, to the depth and to the extent, because if we're Israel, then that actually bespeaks and that impacts every facet of our lives, just as well as the fact of knowing that we are citizens of the kingdom of the Most High. So that being said, when you talk about Hebrew Israelites, you have kind of what I would say doctrinally three different groups. And I don't want to get into a lot of doctrinal things right now because this is really not the platform for it or the arena. The time definitely does not permit to cover those because doctrinal things have to be built upon line upon line, precept upon precept to get an understanding. So kind of just giving a sound bite to doctrinal thesis kind of to me is doing a uh, grave injustice, you know, as far as trying to get understanding. But I will say this. You have Hebrew Israelites who are Torah only. It means that they only <clears throat> go by the first five books of the Bible, which were written by Moses, and they are Torah only. That being said, obviously, of course, just like the, those proselytes over there in Israel, they do not believe that Yahweh, that Yeshua, or Jesus, however you may call him, is the Messiah, and they also do not acknowledge the New Testament. Uh, that being said, um, you, um, the next group would be would be Hebrew Israelites who are pretty much of the same doctrinal beliefs, but uh, it extends beyond the Torah. They also they acknowledge the New Testament, but yet they do not acknowledge that Yahweh shot, that Yeshua, that Jesus is the Messiah. And then you have those who are Messianic, and even within those you have two distinct groups. You have those who are Messianics who believe that, uh, that Yahweh shot, that Yeshua, that Jesus is the Messiah, we feel that the that the um, that the New Testament is a part of the canon holds just as much authority as the Old Testament as the Torah does, because it was spoken through. <clears throat> first of all, the words of the Messiah, and secondly, the New Testament is built upon the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, just as well as when we look at the Old Testament, we have what we have that which is written by prophets. Likewise, uh, the Torah, uh, the law, the, the, the dedicate that came down from the Most High, from Yahweh, but it came down through Moses. Just likewise, now we see the New Testament. So, uh, and then you also within that Messianic group, those who believe in the Most, who believe in Yahweh Shad is the Messiah. You have those who believe that we're in the New Covenant, and those who don't believe in the new covenant. I'm not going to make absolutely no comment about those two different beliefs because to do so would definitely 
prejudice my portion on this. And so and there's going to be a uh, brother Yeshua who probably is going to be on next week, and he's going to discuss, and there's no way he's going to discuss to you about the issue of how we live without discussing the issue of the law because he believes that we not, have not entered into the new covenant. So that's where we differ. That's where I differ. I am a Messianic Israelite. As well as Brother Seth is a Messianic Israelite, I believe that we have entered into the new covenant. And because we've entered the new covenant, that impacts differently on how we look at the issue of the law. We believe that the law is still in the effect. The law has not been abolished. However, in regards to how we respond to it, it's different because we believe that as being a recipient of the new covenant, being regenerated, that means that we're born again, and therefore, likewise, the law is written upon our hearts. So that being said, uh, let me, let me yes, sir. Yes, sir, brother. Just sir. Real quickly, just Go so ahead. everybody know, brother Joshua couldn't make it tonight. He definitely will be here because, um, you know, he just he just has a he has a business, and he has to be up at four o'clock in the morning just simply to make it. So he plans on being on part uh, six, which hopefully will be Monday next Monday night. Or either Sunday night, most likely I'd say Monday night. So check, stay tuned for for that that brother joining us to finish this up. We're just giving our little version of it, and like Brother Gary did say, we do differ on some things, and we respectfully understand where each other where we differ, where we differ, and that's what he was just talking about with Brother Yeshua. Okay, but go ahead, Brother Gary. And, and yeah, if you will, if you still live, uh, if you want to give a kind of quick explanation of the different names. Because you're referring to the Most High as Yahweh, and some people are hearing that and they have never heard it, they have had no teaching on it, and it probably is a little scary to them. I know when I first heard it, it sounded like you're calling another God. If you want to spend about three minutes or something real briefly, because again, we we actually did talk about that. Now I think about it in mm-hmm. some length. Uh, I think last show. So, uh, folks, y'all gotta just listen to part one, two, three, and four. It's just all there is to it. But go ahead, brother. Yeah, and a quick synopsis, if you listen to me, you'll always hear me for the most part whenever um, many, uh, you know, medium such as we are today, knowing that there are people who are maybe who have aware of the difference in the Hebrew names and how they're pronounced, as opposed to those who have just held to the English translation of the Bible. And so what you'll hear me say, you'll hear me say uh, when I'm referring to the Messiah, to Christ, Christ, uh, Christ, the word Christ is just an English translation from a Latin word that means the anointed one. Well, that same word is also the word we get, the word Messiah, which which is uh, Greek. And, and uh, if we're going to take that same term in Greek because the Messiah, the whole concept of a Messiah is nothing new to the New Testament, began in the Old Testament, and, and it was the word, that Hebrew word is Mashiach. Um, Normally, when you say hear me say something like that in reference to the Messiah or the Mashiach of Christ, I will refer to the three different common pronunciations that's a, that's being accepted. And of course, Jesus. Jesus is an English translation of a Latin word. It is not an English translation of a Greek word for the name of the of the Messiah. It is an English translation of a Latin word. The Bible was written. New Testament was written in Aramaic and Greek. It was then translated into Latin. From Latin is what is what we have what they call the Latin Vulgate. What we have now are English translations of a Latin translation that used to be Greek and Aramaic as far as the New Testament. So whenever you hear me refer to the Messiah, you're gonna hear me say these three things. You're gonna hear me say Yahweh Shot. Uh that's the way I believe it's correctly pronounced, using what is called ancient Hebrew. 
the Hebrew that's used today as a contemporary Hebrew is it's di- different and it varies because it's kind of a conglomerate of different languages. The Hebrew language, ancient Hebrew, uh, that the scriptures that uh, Abraham, Moses, those people spoke in, it's more of a prayer language. And so that's why I use the term Yahawashah. Some people say the word Yeshua or Yehoshua. Well, those translations, I would say, you know, hey, it's all on the same page because the only difference is that you're using a more contemporary Hebrew to translate the name. And then, of course, the English name, Jesus, which comes from a Latin word which uh, some have tried to make it out to be all type of different references to any other things. But for me, as I said, my background is in theology, and I hold to the purity of the languages. A lot of other stuff is just extracurricular stuff that people add to prove a point. But for me, I say stick to the book. And as far as the name of of Yah, when you read in Psalms, I think it's one Psalm 68. I may be yet correct on it. I almost think that I, I almost know that I am. But... Uh, if you just put in a concordance and just put in the word Yah, that is the name of the Father. <clears throat> However, most people refer to him as Yahweh. Yahweh and Yahweh are one and the same. It's just a difference in pronunciation. They are one, absolutely one and the same. Yahweh or Yahweh, they're one and the same. So that's why from this point on, if you listen to me, I'll say Yahweh or Yahweh. I'll say them both in the same breath, and I'll say Yahweh shot, Yeshua and Jesus in the same breath. So that being said, um, I want to take off here is definitely where, and the reason why I said that is because if you're in Hebrew, Israelite, who's Torah only, of course, I'm going to the New Testament. So, But if you listen to this show, and I know Brother Seth is a is a um, <clears throat> believer in the whole canon from Genesis to Revelation, so therefore if you listen to this show and you're an avid listener to the show, then, you know, this is nothing new going into the New Testament. But if you were just Torah only, then, you know, hey, you know, get the information, make a judgment for yourself. But anyway, from here, I'm reading Acts 1. And we say, how then should we live? Now that we know that we're Israel, how then should we live? Well, let's read the only history we book that we have in the canon that chronicles the early church, the early believers who were on the planet when Christ was there and after Christ ascended. And so what I'm going to read here is from the book of Acts, which is a trustee, a trustee or basically a chronicle of what took place in the early church. Acts chapter 1, verse 1, from the former trustee have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Yahweh shot, Yeshua, or Jesus, began to do and teach. Uh, the person who's, re- re- writing, re- who's writing this is Luke. Until the day in which he was taken up, speaking of the Messiah, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. So what did he give before his day, before he ascended? In other words, giving us some insight as to how we should live. He gave us commandments. He spoke to the apostles about the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of Elohim, Elohim being the Hebrew word for God. And he spoke to us about the baptism for service, that being the promise of the Father. And he spoke to us about the kingdom of Israel, which a lot of Hebrew Israelites seem to kind of confuse the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Elohim, and the kingdom of Israel. They're not one and the same. And he also spoke about Christ's return. His return. So we hear... <clears throat> Let me pick up at verse 3. To whom he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God, a kingdom of Elohim. So what did he talk to him and give him commandments in regards to the kingdom of Elohim? Who is he talking to? He's talking to the apostles, all twelve of them, minus one, 
who at that time had hung himself, Judas, all 12 of them were Israelites. There's no Gentiles he's talking to here. He's talking to Israelites, and he's telling them these are the things that they ought to be concerned with until he returns. And he spoke to them firstly about what? The kingdom of God, the kingdom of Elohim. He's not talking about the the earthly kingdom, the kingdom of Israel. He's talking about a spiritual kingdom that can only be ascertained through the Spirit if you're a born-again believer. And verse 4, and being assembled together with the commandment them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard of me, heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Ghost, or the Ruach Kadash, which is the Hebrew word for Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore came together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, what will I at this time? Will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Now, if you go up to verse three, the Messiah is the, the Messiah. Christ is speaking about the kingdom of Elohim, the kingdom of God, and they asked him about what the kingdom of Israel, the earthly temporal kingdom of Israel, what formerly was Canaan which the Romans called Palestine, and now we call Israel again. But that's the physical kingdom. That's not a spiritual kingdom. And the apostles were asking him, are you going to restore unto us the kingdom at that time? Because that's what they expected all along, a political leader to come into Jerusalem, to come into Israel, to dethrone the Romans and take back control and power over occupied Israel. Go ahead, Brother That's some good stuff. That's some good stuff because a lot of the Israelites that I know of, and and we don't want to bend the whole show towards what they want or what what the Israelites is wrestling with because this show is really designed for those that don't know, but we do want to answer some of those questions, and I appreciate you going down this road, but that is good where you at right now because these people are stuck on one kingdom, and here this man, this Messiah, is talking about something else. Folks, pay attention that this is some deep stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, so as I said, and, and again, very significant point that the Messiah is speaking to them about the kingdom of God, but they're questioning him about the kingdom of Israel, that physical earthly kingdom. And his response to them, it is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father have put in his own power. Because what they were expecting is what many of us as Israelites are expecting now, a political leader. That's why we look to the political arena to answer many of our problems. We're looking for a king. You were look, you know, and that's what they were looking for. That's what the Christ, they expected Christ to do, to dethrone the Romans, to take back control over Jerusalem, over Israel, which at the time were being occupied by the Romans. And that's what they were looking for, and that's what they were looking for him even when he returned. And they still are hard of hearing because they're not understanding. He's talking about a spiritual kingdom. He's not talking about a physical kingdom. And so he said, it's not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put in his own power, but this is what you should be concerned about verse 8, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost, the Ruach Kadash, has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. So what's the purpose of the power? To be a witness, to be a witness. And this goes back to the original calling in which uh, Yahweh selected and chose Israel in the first place because he wanted to raise up a kingdom of priests who will be a witness to his glory to his nature, to his principles, to his kingdom in the earth. And he comes back and he's talking to these 
same people on the, uh, them, and he tells them, wait and tarry into Jerusalem. And why? Because I'm going to give you the power to do what I initially intended for you to do in the beginning, but you have failed that miserably. So now I'm giving you the power to do it. And he said, where are you going to stay? Jerusalem. And he said, no, witnesses. And tell me, where are you going to be witnesses at first? Jerusalem. And in all Judea and Samaria and to the othermost parts of the earth, you've heard the phrase, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Who is he talking to? He's talking to Jews. And who is he sending these Jews to? Jews. Because who inhabited the land of Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria? Jews and half-Jews. And then he said it was to go to the othermost parts of the earth. Because as Paul says in Romans 1, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. A point to be noted of course, when Christ came, for the most part, Israel rejected him. And therefore, the kingdom went to who? It went to the Gentiles. So when you read in Deuteronomy and when you read in other scriptures, when it says the first should be last and the last should be first, if you're an Israelite, that's not necessarily good news for you. Because the last were the Gentiles. But because we rejected the kingdom, they became the first. Now, flip right on over, move right on, because I want to do this timely. Uh, <clears throat> Acts, uh, chapter, go to verse ch chapter 2. Uh, here we are, the day of Pentecost. Note to be observed, the day of Pentecost is a feast that has been observed by Israel almost since their inception. So you have to understand, this is that's not the kind of holiday like the 4th of July or what have you that we have here. No, this is a feast that was given to them by the Most High that they were required to keep. And what were they all gathered together? Let's see who was gathered together. And verse 5. Acts chapter 2, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when, now, and the reason that's important right there, that first line, because what that is is a panoramic view of the people in discussion. And to let you know that for the most part, they were all Jews, devout men of every nation. As a matter of fact, they were all Jews are either somehow connected to Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Why am I making this point? Because how then should we live? Well, we need to take an example from the early church, especially as Messianic believers who are regenerated, and by that I mean born again of the Spirit, who believe in Yahweh and Yeshua, or Jesus as you call him, as the Messiah. Then the question is, how then should we live? Well, let's see. Do we have an example? Do we have a guy? We do. We have it right here written in the scripture. And these are people who are gathered together. They are all Jews. They are all Israelites. The reason why can they refer to as Jews? Because at this time, the people who were in Jerusalem were of the southern kingdom called Judea. And Jew is nothing but a, but a uh, nickname, if you will, uh, uh, a.k.a. for, the, for Judea for, or for Judah or for Yehuda. Now, verse 6, when now when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans, Galileans, and how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Now, what people have to understand is that being an Israelite, as we have covered in, in previous shows, is about ethnicity. First and foremost, being an Israelite is about ethnicity. It's about biology. So what happens is that just like you have people who are of what you would call Hispanic descent, but they may be doing it, born in different languages, but they, for the most part, all speak the same language. 
and they are all of what you would call Hispanic descent. Likewise here, you have Jews, Israelites, Hebrew Israelites, if you will, but they are not just in Jerusalem because remember from this time they have already been dispersed once before as a result of the Babylonian captivity because all of them didn't go back to Israel after they were released from Babylon. So who were these people at now? And they were all amazed, marvel, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Pharygma and Pamphylia and in Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Serene and strangers of Rome. What does it mean when it says strangers of Rome? These are Israelites who have never been to it, who have, who have never been to the capital, who have never been there. So they're strangers of Rome. They're not even Roman citizens. And then how does it, it says it says Jews and proselytes. A proselyte at that time is in no more than a person who is converted to the covenant and accepted the stipulations of the covenant and, to, and, and chose to dwell and to live is an Israelite among Israelites. Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our own tongue the wonderful works of God, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? And it goes on. Now, my point with that is, again, in script down to verse 14, but Peter standing up with the 11, with the 11 apostles, who were all Israelites, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell were at Jerusalem. Again, Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. That's the home of Jews. <clears throat> Uh, verse 16, but this, that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, remember, we have a Hebrew, an Israelite, who was, who was Messianic Israelite, and he is speaking to other Israelites. And now he's about to speak to them a book that is common to them. But this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. Joel is a prophet who was called to Israel, not a Gentile prophet. All this is very significant because you have to know that the early church consisted of predominantly, for the most part, of converted, born-again Israelites. It did not consist of, for the most part, Gentiles, even though two-thirds of the New Testament is compiled of books that were addressed to Gentiles. That in itself has given the misbelief, or whether we can say the misunderstanding, that people think Christianity is a Western religion or a Western belief. No, it's not. It began in Jerusalem among Israelites, and among an Israelite called Yahawashat, Yeshua, or Jesus, however you refer, whichever one you choose to use. <clears throat> so in that day, now, Peter is now referring to the prophet Joel. He's, he's quoting him. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith Elohim, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters. And who is whose sons and daughters? Israelites. Israel's sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your, men sh your young men shall see visions and your old men shall see dr dreams. And on my service and upon my handmaids I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood, fire, and vapors of smoke. Now, again. Who is he quoting? He's quoting Joel. Joel, as a matter of fact, he's quoting Joel chapter 2. Brother Gary? Yes, sir. Okay, you got to disconnect there. I'm wait, wait, you, after you said Joel 2, we didn't hear anything else, so repeat yourself. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, now I'm back. Uh, Joel chapter 2. Uh, let's just go there. 
And while you're looking it up, let me just remind everybody, we've got a lot of few people that the, the phone line is full of people. If you can just hold off on your questions, nobody has a hand up right now, but it is full of people. I'm shocked there's not a question with so many people on the phone line. So I'm sure when they start asking, it'll be, it'll be a lot. But let me just say this. If you could let Brother Gary finish his train of thought, and then when I jump in, uh, then before I start my uh, you know delivery, Y'all ask your questions to Brother Gary, address them to Brother Gary. I'm thinking about just kind of letting him carry the bulk of this show because he's doing such a good job. But I have something to say. Believe that. But uh, I just want to remind everybody, you are listening to uh, uh, part five of the series, and we're just talking about how do we live, how do we live. Brother Gary's laying the foundation, and then we're going to build on that foundation. But right now we are just... He um, is building the foundation, and again, tonight's show is How Should We Live as Real Israelites in Today's Society? What does it mean? So he is building, laying the foundation. It's very important, y'all, listen to these details, because I will hate for y'all to come on later trying to quote stuff and misquote him. So just hear him out, and we're going to build on this. It's very important you get these, uh, um, whether you agree with it or not, just understand what he's saying, because we're going to build on it, and let you can ask questions after he's done. Go ahead, Brother Gary. Okay. Yeah, let's pick up Joel chapter 2, verse 23. And this is the scripture which the Apostle Peter was quoting from there on the day of Pentecost. And But the significant thing as we move from there, and as we're going to end this, I mean, cover these scriptures here, is that when it talked about the witness, that's a very significant thing, very powerful. And then we're going to, we're going to see that point here. Joel chapter 2, verse 23, I begin. Be be, and this is, again, Joel the prophet. Again, this is a prophet to Israel. This is prophecies to Israel. These are not prophecies to Gentiles. These are not prophecies to any other people on the planet, but these are prophecies to Israel. This is an Israelite prophet speaking under the inspiration of the Ruach Kadash to the, to the people, Israel. Be glad, then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in Yahweh, or Yahweh, you your Elohim or your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause you to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. As a note, if you are an evangelical Christian or you were formerly of that persuasion, what you're about to read is about to be seen in a totally different light from what you're accustomed to. Come from an evangelical background, and basically this is one of the most misquoted scriptures by evangelicals in the whole of all the New Testament, or rather the prophets. And you're going to see this take on a whole different light. I think that even Brother Seth is about to see some things that he himself, and he's probably been through the scriptures thousands of times, but now we're about to see it in context of 2013. It says, again, in the floor is verse 24, and the floor shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. Now those verses speaks to, to speaks to judgment that the Most High has brought upon Israel in the past. He says, "I'm going to restore all that to you that was taken from you." And it says, "And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of Yahweh or Yahweh your Elohim that hath dwelt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed." Now we're talking about Israel. We're talking about people who would de- so decimate. The scripture says that they tried to wipe our name and any remembrance of us off the face of the planet. 
That's why when we came here, they took our name. They took our language. They took our God. They took everything that we had that made us as a people because they wanted to totally decimate us. But the scripture is saying, and he's speaking to Israel, he's saying that at this time in the last days when I begin to restore you, we're talking about what? New wine and all your flat vats overflowing? We're talking about harvest? Verse 26, and you should eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of Yahweh, your Elohim, your God that have dwelt wondrously with you, and my people should never be ashamed. Now we say, how then should we live? I think right there, the scripture is saying that guess what? If you're being sensitive to me, if you're doing me, if you're abiding in my covenant, even though you're going to be in captivity, when these beginnings begin to take place, when this fig tree begins to blossom, I'm going to bring you to a place of prosperity. It's for a purpose, though. It ain't the prosperity teaching. We're talking about real Israel now, and we're talking about biblically-based prosperity because everything that the Most High does, he does for a reason. To everything, there is a time for every purpose under the heaven. There is a time and a season. Verse 27, and you should know that I am in the midst of Israel. He didn't say he know I'm in the midst of Jerusalem. He said you should know I'm in the midst of Israel and that I am the Yahweh, your Elohim, and none else, and my people should never be ashamed. And it shall afterward come after it come to pass after that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now he's talking about all flesh. At first he was just talking about Israel. Now he's saying what? Upon all flesh and your sons, but then he talks about your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out upon my spirit. Well guess what? If we really believe this book, and if we're in the end time, and we're talking about the people of Israel, and we believe that Israel, then we believe that we know from this era that the people who God is going to put his prophetic word in in this end time is Israel. He says he's going to pour the spirit upon all flesh, but who's going to get his dreams and visions to is Israel, your sons and your daughters. We're talking about how then shall we live. And also upon the servants, upon your handmaids in those days will I pour out upon my spirit, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth and blood and fire and pillars of smoke, and the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and terrible day of Yahweh come. Well, you've heard that language come from, you've heard that language before. What does it make you think about? It thinks it makes you think about the book of Revelation, because this is a prophecy concerning the end times. Last verse in Joel, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of Yahweh shall, or Yahweh, shall be delivered. Delivered for in Mount Zion and also in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as Yahweh has said, and in the remnant whom Yahweh shall call, or in the remnant whom Yahweh shall call. That word remnant is very significant because we're not talking about every African American who may possibly be of Israelite persuasion, Israelite stock, but that doesn't mean that they're going to all come into the promises and walk in the covenant of what the Most High has decreed in the last days, because it is talking about a remnant. When you go to Romans chapter 10, chapter 11, it's speaking of a remnant. It talks about the remnant. It talks about the elect of Israel. Who are the elect of Israel? They are the remnant of Israel that God has reserved and set aside for the end time. Those particular people. Those people be we and we be those people. Last verse of the scripture. Turn it back over to Brother Seth. Jeremiah 
Jeremiah 29. Now, this brings it up to where we're at. Because as I said earlier, and I alluded to when we talked about the kingdom of Israelite. If you are an evangelical Christian, you are a Gentile, you have, or if you're an evangelical, or whether, if you are a believer, if you are a Messianic believer and you are a Gentile, you have dual citizenship. You have citizenship in the kingdom of God, and you have kingdom in the earthly citizenship, in the earthly nation or country of your origin. However, if you are an Israelite, you are you have trilateral citizenship. Because first of all, your first citizenship, which you owe your ultimate allegiance to, is what? Is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Elohim. But also, guess what? We also... We're captives, and we have been dispelled from our own country in whom we had citizenship, which is Israel. Not the Israel that you see over there. I'm talking about the Israel that the, that's spoken of in the scriptures. So that's a temporal nation. That's what the, when the apostles were asking the Messiah, and when they were asking him, should you then restore the kingdom of Israel, that's what they were asking him about. They were asking him about their physical kingdom. And then, of course, also... We have citizenship here in the United States. Now, we are now what considered if Israel in a land of captivity. This is not our homeland. This is not the land of the birth of our of our ancestral patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We are captives in a foreign land. That being said, how then should we live? Do we have a scriptural presence? that's been set forth that we can look at and determine how we're to conduct ourselves in this land. Now, spiritually, remember, we have no geographical locale. That's why it says the kingdom of God is neither here nor there, but it is within you. So, therefore, we're not bound by geographical limitations as citizens of the kingdom of God, as citizens of the kingdom of as, – as captives who have been expelled from our country. We do have citizenship in the kingdom of Israel and that Israel. But that Israel has not been restored because now what has happened is that we've been kicked out and we're captives. We've been cast to the four corners of the earth. So now let's go to Jeremiah 29, and we have one of the most infamous captivities and expelling of Israelites out of Jerusalem being taken captive by Babylon. By Babylon. And now that they're there in captivity in Babylon, what has taken place prior to this chapter here in Jeremiah 29, go back and read 28 in your own spare time, is that what has taken place is that there are prophets who are raising up saying that, okay, first of all, we need to go back to Jerusalem. That's what they were prophesying. They saying, you need to go back to Jerusalem. He's going to restore us. We need to go back to Jerusalem. That's what they were prophesying. But, the, but Yahweh, the Most High, Yahweh spoke to Jeremiah, and these were the words that he spoke in contrast to what those other prophets were prophesying because they were prophesying because Yahweh, Yahweh did not send them. He did not tell them to prophesy. It says that they did not wait in all of his counsel to get all of his counsel. They went off and began to speak things on their own, which is what's happening in the Hebrew-Israelite community. Many people are speaking things of their own imagination, and it is not scripturally based. But here's the Bible, Jeremiah 29, verse 1. Now these are the words of the letter of Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the residue of the elders which were carried away captives and to the priests, and to the prophets, and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar, 
King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. Pick up at verse 4. Thus saith Yahweh of hosts, the Elohim of Israel, or thus saith the Lord, or Yahweh. I never use the word Lord in, con- in that context when it's all four caps. Just saith Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives. Now this is the prophecy from the Most High to the captives who are now in Babylon whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Very significant thing. Who caused them to be carried away captives? The Most High did. He caused them to be captives. Carried away. When we were expelled from Jerusalem and we were expelled to the four corners of the world and we would be taken captive into every nation, who caused that? The Most High did. So let's not be looking at man and saying the white man put us in this predicament. The white, white man might have been the weapon or the arm that he used to carry it out, but it's of the Most High's doing. Let me ask you something. Yes, Brother Seth. Because I want us to stay uh, with the question on the table. Those of you that are just tuning in, some of y'all just popping in all late. Again, we're talking about how should we live. Day by day, how should we live? Now that we know Israel, how should we live? Brother Gary of Israel now, Brother Gary Ellison, is, 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 is taking his portion of the show and he is digging into the scriptures deep and uh, uh, laying a foundation, which we're going to build and build and build on. After he's done, I'm going to do a little bit. I'm thinking about just kind of interviewing you, Brother Gary. It's just where I'm going. I'm, I'm actually tempted to uh, ask you questions as though I'm an outsider looking in. Folks, we've been doing this so long, we didn't spend a whole lot of time, and I don't think we need to because we ain't new to this. We treat this. We've been doing this for many years. Uh, answering these questions by people saying, well, well how do you, what does it mean to be an Israelite in 2013? And don't think we have all the answers. I'm going to say it again. Don't think we have all the answers. We too can be learned. That's why we have the phone lines. That's why we have the chat room. Ask your questions. Make your comments. And uh, ask if you can, you know, uh, back what you're saying up with Scripture, okay? But we do have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit ultimately is the teacher. Uh, Brother Gary, go ahead and, and, and take your time. And let me know when you finish, and then I'm going to jump in right after you. Again, you're Okay, to I'm, I'm on my last set of scriptures. Yes, it won't okay. be long here. Uh, now, again, again, we're talking about how then should we live. So what we have here is we have a foundation that a people, our people, who were once in captivity, happen to be of the same, who be in captive by the same spirit, ironically, Babylon. And, and what had happened is that, again, you had prophets, or people who so-called prophets, people who all of a sudden now have appointed themselves as prophets, were speaking to the Israelites and saying, no, you know, come back to Jerusalem. Let's go to Jerusalem. And the Most High had not prophesied that. But this is the word, the word of the Most High in which he told them. This is what you should do. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I'm sorry, thus saith Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel, to all that are carried away captives. Again, remember, we're captives here, and and, and this is physical. This Israel that we're in right now, I mean, this Babylon that we're in right now, we are captives. We came here. The transportation, mode of transportation that got us through here was the whole of slave ships. We are captives. We are now the descendants of former slaves. We are still captives. This is not our homeland. So thus saith Yahweh of hosts, Elohim of Israel, to all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away. And that was the point that we was making, that the Most High is the one who initiated this. So let's not look at the white man as our enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. 
but against principalities, against spiritual rules of darkness, wickedness in heavenly places. That's who our fight is against. So we have to be clear on that when we're talking about how then should we live. Build you houses and dwell in them and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Remember, they're captives in a captive land, but this is what the prophet is saying. This is what the Most High is saying through the prophet Jeremiah to the people of Israel while they're in Babylonian captivity. He said, build houses. He said, live in them. Plant gardens. Eat the fruit of them. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters. Why? That you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto Yahweh or Yahweh for it, for in the peace thereof shall you have peace. Oh, my goodness. This is very powerful, people, because when you get into the thick of this Hebrew-like community, you're going to find out that this is not the case. We're always talking about, we're, talk, we're praying for the judgment, the damnation, the downfall of America, but that's not what the Scripture says we should be doing. It says pray for the peace of the city because, therefore, in doing so, shall you have peace. We are the, we are the images, the, the envoys of prosperity for America. Of course we are. But now it's coming the time where, guess what, just like when we left, when we left Egypt years ago, thousands of years ago, we left with a bounty of wealth. Well, guess what? We're supposed to be coming into it now. He's saying right here how you're supposed to live. Verse 7, and seek the peace of the city where they have caused you to be carried away captives. And pray unto Yahweh for it, for in the peace thereof shall you have peace. For thus saith Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you. Neither hearken to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. Yeah, they always do it in the name of Yahweh or Yahweh, but I have not sent them, says Yahweh. For thus saith Yahweh or Yahweh that after, now he's speaking to them. This is not specific to us, but this is specific to them. That after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you. It says now, but verse 29, verse 28, verse 11, I'm sorry, chapter 29, verse 11. It says this. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith Yahweh, Yahweh, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end, that you should call upon me and you should go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith Yahweh, and I will turn your way your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places where I have driven you, saith Yahweh, Yahweh, and I will bring you again into the place whence I called you to be carried away captives. Now, all of this is taking place before he restores us and takes us back to the people, to the land of Israel. Before he gathers us. Before he gathers us, he told us to do what? While we're in our land of captivity, he told us to do what? He told us to build houses. He said to dwell in them. He said to plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. That means, guess what? If you've been called to do business, if, you, if that's one of your proclivities, go for it. Do it in the kingdom. 
Do it in the name of the kingdom. Take you wives, beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, that you may bear sons and daughters, and that you may be increased there and not diminished. Seek the peace of the city. That's the direction he's given us. That's what we're supposed to do. That then how we should live. Now, the last point, the point I wanted to make when we talked about when we were over there in Acts, the first chapter, when he was talking about the kingdom, he talked to them about the kingdom. This is what I say to you. If you came into this understanding of your true ethnic and spiritual identity, knowing that you are the elect of Israel, the elect of the, of most, of the most high, then guess what? There are certain things that you got as the foundation, if you were really following the scriptures and not following man, that you should not slip. And most of the things I'm talking about have to do in and about and how you exchange in your intercourse with the Holy Spirit. And the book of Acts, he gave them power to be witnesses. And when it talks about the Holy Spirit, what is that? That's the gifts of the Spirit. So simply put, if you are functioning as a kingdom citizen in the kingdom now, then you're supposed to do everything you were doing before you came to this knowledge. And came into this understanding. But now you understand that you are an Israelite. That you are, you represent the people whom the Most High selected in his sovereignty to represent his will, his glory to the earth. you got a great responsibility. To whom much is given, much is required. So I would say to anybody, you heard a lot of information. You've heard a lot of information over these five shows. Now you're accountable to it. What you gonna do? It's in your hands, brother Seth. You know what? I I, I just I'm always odd, and I'm not. Y'all gotta know me. Me and this brother, we can disagree on some things. Believe that, okay? <laughs> brother Gary, that was laid out so perfectly. I hate to even try to come behind that, but I know that I have that same Holy Spirit in me. But I want to just say this before I begin. Uh, anyone. With questions before we go any further. Anybody? There's lots of people in the chat room. Y'all are very quiet. I appreciate that. That tells me you're listening. Anybody have questions or quick comments? If you don't have a question, maybe a quick comment. In the chat room. Chat room is nearly full, almost all the way down to the, down the page. Anybody with questions or comments? Otherwise, I'm going to ask Brother Gary a few questions, elaborating on what he just did before I actually go. Now, you read from Jeremiah 29 and other scriptures. I like what you said in Jeremiah 29, verse 4. And, again, we always, I just want to just say this again because this is very strong. The, the, the topic is, the, 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 sub, the um, title of the subject tonight is how should, how should we live as the real Israelites today? Uh, verse 4 says, Thus said the Lord of hosts. Brother Gary just read this, but he elaborated. But I just want to read this, the scriptures along, and y'all hear it again. One more time, how it's just laid out so crystal clear, how should you live as Israelites in captivity in 2013. Thus said the Lord of hosts. And Brother Gary reads the way he reads. I'm going to read the way I read. Some of y'all have problems saying Yahweh and all of that. I'll just read it the way it's, it's printed. How about that? Thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all 
unto all unto all that are carried away captives. Are you, were you carried away captive? That's you. If you're listening right now and you have understood, come to the realization that you are indeed of the lost tribe of Israel, straight from the house of Jacob, and you realize, hey, I am in captivity for sure. These scriptures, these scriptures are for you. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all that are carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Now you might say, well, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 brother. That's talking about ancient times. You just heard him say from Jerusalem unto Babylon. But you got to remember that Moses said in Deuteronomy 28, verse 46, that these blessings or curses is going to be upon Israel forever. Psalms 105, Psalm 105, you can just kind of write that down to the side. Psalm 105, let me just read that real briefly. Because some of y'all is, is stuck on ancient times. You really think that none of this we're talking about is related to Israel today. Everything we're reading is related to Israel today. My friend, everything. There is nothing you have heard Brother Gary say or I will say tonight that does not relate to 2013. Yes, it has been thousands of years ago. But these blessings or curses are that is supposed to be upon Israel as a nation. I'm not talking about individually, your own household, because if you seek the Most High and you're obedient and you tap into those principles, those promises, you and your house will be blessed. But we're talking about a nation. This is nation talk tonight. Don't get it confused with your individual household. And, uh, again, we're talking about a nation. Now, Psalms 105 is talking about a thousand generations. I want y'all to, those of you who got your Bible, I'll give you a minute to turn to it, Psalms 105. <coughs> and again, just kind of broken a little under the weather. But this is going to be very interesting. <coughs> y'all should have them now. Psalms 105, verse 8. Well, let's start at verse 6. Brother Gary got a little noise in the background there. Oh, okay. Say, he, is, he is the Lord our God. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever. He hath remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. This covenant, he mentions it lasting forever. He has remembered it forever. It talks about, again, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. It is just not to Israel of ancient. And then if you want more scriptures, look at Deuteronomy 29, 30. Uh, It talks about Moses says this is not just to you, but even those that are not here, as many as are far off. Okay, that's in Deuteronomy 28, excuse me, 29 and 30. It talks about he, um, Moses addressing the fact that it's not, this is not just for you. So these scriptures that we're talking about, this truth that we're talking about, is locked into your life, your existence right now as Israelites in the Americas, in West Africa, in South Africa, in India, yes, even in China, 
some black people is, is practicing a little bit of hatred, and they want to make this just a dark-skinned thing. But that's not true. If he scattered them through all four four corners, all four corners does not look like Africa. There are some Chinese. There are Indians. There are even whites. There are even whites. There are even whites in Europe. Uh, 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 Israelites. Here, I just keep hearing a little noise. I don't know if that's your phone. Maybe it's my phone. It's a little Mm-mm. phone going in the background. I'm not. But anyway, okay. So anyway, just so we know, folks. This is definitely for us. Now, just continue with what uh, Jerry mentioned, uh, verse 4. Um, after it says, uh, again, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all the carried away captives, whom I have carried, whom I have carried, who, excuse me, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Build ye houses, dwell in them. Plant gardens. What shall I do, brother? Says, how shall I live? Dwell in your houses. Plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives. How shall I live, brother? Says in 2013. We are in Babylon. We are in Babylon. We are in captivity. Yes, we're Israelites, but how should we live? Should we try to burn this place down? Should we be hating our oppressors? Should we be trying to take from them? Now, you can't be in no more captivity than these Israelites were. And remember, these things uh, captivity is supposed to be up on. Israel forever. That's only if they're knuckleheads and they're disobedient. Now, if this nation turned to First Chronicles seven fourteen, if they turn to Him, if my people which are called my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, y'all know the scriptures. What did He say He would do? He said He would heal their land. Israel will be restored as a people. But no, if they are disobedient, they're going to fulfill other scriptures. Okay. But while they're in captivity, Brother Gary so nicely laid out. There's no need of me trying to come behind him and lay something new. I'm just going to use what he already put out here, which was brilliant. Uh, anyway, say, take ye wives, beget ye sons and daughters. So if you're sitting there saying, well, I don't even want to bring nobody into this old wicked world, this old, you know, this, 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 this wicked America, this, uh, you know, the United Snakes of America, this white man, all the things I've heard people say. Like Brother Gary said earlier, that's the wrong attitude. Ye are to take ye wives. These Israelites is in show enough captivity. Beget sons and daughters and take ye wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that ye may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there, that ye may be increased there, that ye may be increased there. There were in captivity. If you're saying, well, no, the white man got this sold up, this is Babylon, you can't, you know, nigga can't do nothing. Oh, <laughs> all, all of the different things I've heard people say is saying that ye may be increased there and not diminished, and not diminished. So are you diminished? Well, yeah, I'm diminished. You know, hell, oh, yeah, I'm diminished, man. White man just got a hand on a nigga. Yeah, well, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Just because you're in captivity, you can reign and rule if the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you got to remember who, who this, this, this being is. This being was back with the Father and the Son when they created this planet. This is a powerful force. The Bible says if, 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 if the Holy Spirit be in you, if they woke up, if it raised Christ in there, it also will quicken your mortal body. So what I'm saying to you, I'm talking about Romans 6, so I'm saying to you folks is we 
have the power. We have the power, folks. We have the power. I don't care if we are in uh, uh, serving out a sentence that the Most High have put His people in. Somebody said, "Well, why should Israel suffer? Why, why, why us? Why do we suffer?" Amos three and two says, "Of all of, out of all the nations of the earth, you have I known. Therefore, I will punish you for all your transgressions." So you got to understand, this nation is a little bit different than the nation because the Most High exposed Himself. He 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 became a friend to Israel. He. He 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 opened up the Red Sea, rained down manna from heaven, spoke through the prophets. They had a relationship, and that's why Amos three and two says again, of all the nations of the earth, you have I known. That word known is to to, to is a is a personal um uh is it's a it's a uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Brother Gary? Help me out. I'm not hundred percent tonight, y'all at all. But it's a it, it it's this is when the father actually knew Israel. You know, he had a relationship, for lack of a better term. So, moving right along, verse, that was verse 6. Verse, uh, actually that was, uh, yeah, verse 7 uh, again says, And seek peace, and seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captive. Who caused us to be carried away ca- captive? Was it the white man? Was it people like Willie Lynch? No, no, no. I'm sorry. No, it wasn't. You know what? In all due respect, I think white people don't have what it takes to put the kind of pain and suffering and to break us up into tiny pieces and to disorganize us as a people without the Most High. They have to have had the Most High with them because we work with these people some of us go to church with these people. Some of us marry these people. Some of us are part because our in our ancestry, we've, uh, our, some of our relatives are mixed. And so we know for a fact these people are not superior. So how could they have ruled over us for so long if the Most High was not with them? Again, verse 7, Jeremiah 29, verse 7 says, And seek the peace of the city whether I have caused you to be carried away captive. Again, and seek the peace of the city, whether I have carried you uh, to be captive. Watch this. And pray unto the Lord for it. And pray unto the Lord for it. One more time. And pray unto the Lord for it. Are you praying unto the Lord for your city? This is what the Most High has commanded Israel. This goes for me, Brother Gary. This is how we're supposed to be living, folks. Everything I've just said, this is how we are supposed to be living in 2013. Pray for this country. Now, does that mean that I believe that this country will be saved? Barack Obama is going to be the great savior? No. I believe this is Babylon. I believe this land is going to be destroyed. I believe that this currency is going to fall. I believe everything that Revelation 17 says, but just because I know these things don't mean I'm not supposed to pray for mercy. I'm supposed to pray for mercy, folks. Somebody said, well, how do you do that? Well, you just do it. You just know it's like you know a storm is coming, but you pray that the most high have mercy upon people and it don't kill everybody. But you know it's got to come. And you can do it because you're powered by the Holy Spirit to do it. So the love of God shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. 
And and if you're really born again and you have the Holy Spirit to know that you want people saved from wrath, that should come like that should come like the thirst of water for you because it should be a part of your nature. If that's a difficult thing for you to do, question your relationship. You really do need to question your relationship. That's good because it's good not rooted point. in love. Good point, and that that's what I'm I'm having. And you know what? I, as bad as I'm trying to get away from addressing just the Israelites. The so-called Hebrew Israelites, Israelites, because I want this show to be for more than just them. It is to them because they are those that say, "Yeah, I know we Israel. How do we live?" But there are also people who just found out last month or last year that we're Israel, and they they are new to this as well. So I don't want to ignore the newbies, uh, and I definitely want to don't want to ignore those that say, "I'm not Israel. I don't." My people don't need any of those prophecies, any of the scriptures that y'all talked about in show number one and in show number two. Excuse me, show number one. So what? How, how does this relate to me? How does this relate to me and my children, my family, my spouse, and my business, and my this and my that? You may be from India. You stumble up on this broadcast, and you may get ready to click it off because you say, this ain't have nothing to do with me. Well, if we don't present this in a way to where you see you profit, in some kind of way, we have we have not done a good job because the revelation of Israel in the latter days, natural Israel we're talking about. Now, keep in mind, I don't believe as Brother Gary was saying that it's just about natural Israel because most of us, those are seeking this, he seeks those that worship in spirit and in truth. It is not about natural Israel anymore. But there is going to be a remnant, a remnant, an election, as, as Romans 9, 10, 11 talks about, an election, an election, a remnant. I do believe that it's going to become common household knowledge about who we are as a people, but I don't think all of Israel is going to turn. They don't say all of Israel is going to return back to the land. It only talks about a remnant, a remnant, a remnant. I just believe that many of us is going to love America and we're going to continue to do live our American way of life, and we're not going to change. We're going to keep hold to everything American and what we've been brainwashing on this side of the planet. So it's only a remnant. Are you a part of the remnant? Probably not. Do you know we Israel? Most of you do that's listening to me, but are you part of the remnant? Probably not. Does that hurt your feeling? Probably so. But I just don't think a lot of people that I see, it's really part of their remnant. I think they're going to be a part of the number that no man could number. I don't believe they're going to be a part of the 144,000 that were Israelites, 12,000 each tribe, and 12 times 12, of course, 144,000. These are the ones that the Bible said they follow the Lamb wherever he go. They follow him. That's talking about day-to-day lives. They follow the Lamb wherever he go. I don't believe that's most of y'all listening to my voice right now. I think most of us listening right now is going to be within that number that no man could number. Those are some of Israelites too. Don't mean you can't be if you're not in the part of 144. You got to, you just miss out. I don't believe that. There was a number that no man could number, and I believe most of us listening are part of that. Having said that, let me finish verse seven, and then I want to uh, take a short little break and hopefully get some questions. And if not, we'll go in because I got a lot to share as well. And I'm going, brother. Uh, actually, I think I'm gonna. I'm kind of wrestling with the fact of letting Brother uh, Gary do his thing a little bit longer because he has to go a little bit. I think that's what we're going to do. We're going to get a uh, question, Brother Gary, just a little bit longer, ask some uh, clarification questions if, if we have any, and just kind of let him go. So let me just finish reading this, and then I want to make some comments to him, and then I'm going to let him go. Uh, again, verse 7, one more time, one more time, verse 7, and seek the peace of the city, whether I 
have caused you to be carried away captive. The Most High calls slavery, y'all. And pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof, in the peace thereof, if we can get the Most High to bring peace upon America, it says, in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. So that would tend to tell me that if there's war, and, and, and you know, and, and, and not peace, that this nation is going to suffer. Now, again, I'm not talking about individual houses. I do not believe that if you and your household seek to serve the Most High, that, that he, the angels won't protect you, that the promises won't be good for just your house. But we're talking about not just your house, but a nation of people. You will still mourn for your nation. Just look at Christ, how when he raised Lazarus from the dead, he, that's the only time we have, we have a record of Christ crying. Weeping because he was weeping for the disbelief of his his seed, his people, his 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 uh his his nation, and yet he had all that power. So just because you got power and you you're not poor and you're living above, you know, you howling the hog and and blessings is coming in and your family is blessed, children are blessed. That don't mean you won't meet weep for your nation. So it's best you pray for the peace of America, because. In the peace of America shall your nation have peace. Okay, verse number eight. For thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams, which ye cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in the name, in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. And you can read the rest of that part of Jeremiah, I mean, excuse me, uh, Jeremiah 29. Again, folks, we're talking about how should we live in today's society. Brother Gary, I'm going to put you on the spot. Anybody have questions or comments, go ahead and press 1 if you're on the phone lines. If you're in the chat room, just type your question. I'll keep my eye on both. But, Brother Gary, before you run, I want to ask you some quick questions. I woke up this morning. I'm not talking about me, but a person listening woke up this morning and uh I want you to just go through a day of how you live as an Israelite. I'm going to bring it all the way down. You talked about the uh, theology, the practical theology aspect of it. How does this look in terms of, you know, um, just living every day? How should you look at uh, uh, briefly, just just, just some brief, you ain't got to go deep, how should we look at the government? How should we look at uh, people that are not Israel? You know, you talked about the white men a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of friction between uh, so-called white people and uh, and people that have waken up to this truth. There's a lot of, I think, a lot of hatred. What do we have to say? What, what, what do you, how do you live your life? You wake up. Uh, what do you do as an Israelite? How does it change your everyday? Try to go through a typical day as an Israelite for me, just real briefly. Well, for me, a typical day is is not much different from the days that I've lived in previous years. What happens is that I have a more of awareness of my role and my responsibility as an Israelite. Again, <clears throat> that role and responsibility is not much different from of, of what people would call a true of true born again disciple of Christ. And that being is that you know we're called to be witnesses. We're, we're ambassadors in a foreign land and. So from that standpoint, now there are things that, that, that I don't even just, let's just take the typical thing like tele- television. Of course, with me, because the information that, that you know, one has, 
Of course, I look at television now with different filters. I look at the society. I look at the way that black people, quote-unquote, behave and conduct themselves and how they exchange and interact with, with the people in this nation. But I look at it in the context that they're Israel. So for me, it brings a lot of answers to things when I see things that are happening that may not always look from the, on the outset in our best interest. But I understand I look at that within the biblical context of the fact that these people are Israelites, that we are Israelites, and that what we're experiencing is no more than the fulfillment of prophecy. So that 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 actually impacts every fiber of my being, so to speak. Really, it does. It it, it impacts how I name my children. It, is, it impacts how I relate to my children. You know, I'm not one basically who believe that I believe what the scriptures talks about this law being laws vanishing away. But there are m- many much principles that when you come to talking about the, the to dedicate the law in which I govern my law, it governs how I interact with my fellow man. Because if you look in the scriptures, it talks about how you handle disputes and things like that. Of course, that was the physical law laid out to a physical people because they had their own land and a nation, and how do you run it and govern it? Well, those same principles I continue to apply to my life today, presently. Now, when it talks about this, this this is something I think a lot of Israelites overlook. And I'll say this to people because there are people who, who, are, who are new to this, and that is the reason that they're listening, because they want information. They want understanding. With all you're getting, get understanding. And I will say this, is there are a lot of people who are basically anti. They're antagonistic, and many times, sometimes they're motivated by, by prejudice and racism. But I'll say this in regards to the politics and regards to the community, regards to the society as to how we live. All you have to do is remember, people, we have a book. The book is the history of us. The Bible is, the people we talk about the Bible is all of this. But when you're reading the Old Testament, the first five books of the Torah, it is a revelatory history of a people called Israel, um, how the Most High manifested himself to him because he chose them to reveal himself to mankind. Well, guess what? When you look at that and you look at that history, let's think about it. Let's look at it in context of history. Joseph who was the first of us to ever actually go into captivity. But isn't it odd that the first man of an Israelite who actually went into captivity and then through the sovereign work of the Most High, isn't it odd that he became second to the prime minister of the most powerful kingdom, the most powerful nation on the planet at the time? Now, how did he do that being antagonistic towards the leaders of that nation? That's good. Oh, man, that's so good. Wow. That's good, man. It's because he wasn't antagonistic. He had favor with them. He had reasons to be. He had, you would think, you would think, I would think, I would think in my, you know, 2013 mind that I'd be pissed off at Pharaoh. I would have went off in there probably hating all of them. Not hating, but just like, you know, y'all get out of my way. You know, y'all y'all heathens. You don't know nothing about the Most High. You don't know y'all worshiping this. And, and I know a lot of Egyptologists people don't like that. They think Egypt was, you know, Egypt did have its its, its, its days. And Egypt, Egypt, I don't believe that all the pharaohs were wicked and all that crap. But I'm saying, if Egypt could not touch what the Most High was doing in Father Jacob and those twelve sons. And a significant aspect about that is that when you just said about how he came in, no, he came in as a man of excellence. He came as a man whom, whom, whom when the man saw his wisdom and, and Joseph immediately know, let him know where that wisdom came from, he appointed him second in command. And so, therefore, when his family showed up, 
No. Did he treat them with gall? Did he treat with them with retribution, with vengeance in his heart? No. What he did is he looked out for them. So what happens is that we never knew oppression in Israel and in Egypt until they rose up a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. But for the matter of Matthew, you've got to remember, it was those years from the incept of Joseph's administration and for you up until the point that they left, that's when Egypt, for all you Egyptologists, if you check the history and check the records, that's when Egypt was at its height. That's when Egypt was at its glory days. But isn't it odd that we were there? Now let's make take a travel and let's go to the other side and let's go further east and let's go to Babylon. Here's another nation that is now the most powerful nation on the planet at the given time. And who's captive? Israelites. And who's up in the White House, so to speak, helping run stuff? A man named Daniel. Who had so much favor that when his when his when his uh his, his contemporaries tricked the king into setting forth a decree that could not be rescinded that they thought would result in Daniel's death, they thought that the king would have just, hey, yeah, throw him in. The king didn't even go to sleep that night. Do you know that's how much favor that Daniel had with the king, the president, so to speak, if you would say Obama, that he had so much favor that the president, the king wouldn't go to sleep that night because he was worried about Daniel. Do you think they had that kind wow. of relationship when Daniel's being antagonistic wow. towards him? I just want to say that, to, to, and I know we, I've really been trying to get other people in, been trying to get us to address the people that are not even in the camp at all, those looking out from the outside looking in. Because you got to remember when the Most High does anything, anybody that's seeking the Most High, listen to this show, they're going to be seeking the Most High because you just this show is 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 foolproof. Ain't no fools on me trying to tune in to this particular show. But as bad as I'm trying to address other people, it we keeps getting we keep aiming at these Hebrew Israelites, these Israelites I should say, that's a more appropriate term, that are listening. And I hope y'all heard that that was brother brother, that was good. That was really, really good. And uh and, and if you are new to this and you are an Israelite, I hope y'all don't get into some of these bondages that a lot of the uh, brothers and sisters uh, are in, trying to keep the law all over again, uh, in into bondages, uh, carry uh, yokes that our forefathers couldn't carry. But, Brother Gary, go ahead, because I, I want you to finish it, and i got a question for you. Yeah, and, and so, again, and that's basically just the point is that, again, is that, you know, when we're talking about things like that, we're talking about people in positions of power and influence. And many times what's happened is that because people have a very small worldview, and that's the problem. The problem is that when you have people who, who are uninformed, who, who, who are not very thoroughly in-depth in the Scriptures, and most importantly, people who do not have the Holy Spirit, when they begin to monopolize and take on a movement, they take it in the wrong direction because they're doing it in the flesh, and they're not really looking at the whole scriptural aspect of it. I would say if you're an Israelite, this is going to come as a blow to a lot of Israelites, and this may really mix with them. If you are an Israelite, you should be some of the most prosperous, powerful people in this nation. As simple as that. Because where we went, we didn't take over, but we showed their run stuff. And we were in captives. We were slaves running stuff. Look at the history. Look at the history. Every nation that's named in the King Nebuchadnezzar's dream of that tower, of that of that statue, all those six world powers, guess what? You know when they thrived at their heights? When they held us in captivity. Check the history. Check your history. 
That's why the scripture talks mm. about in Romans, it talks about how the world is blessed through our falling away. Our captivity worked to their blessing, to their prosperity. But now we're in the last days. And the scripture clearly says, as we just read in, in, in Joel, now we are people who should be, when the scripture talks about that, that, the, that the wicked man has laid up wealth for the last day, this tank Kerkeris is for the last days, it's for the furtherment of the gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of Jesus Christ. No offense, Christians. Not the gospel of Shot, but the gospel of the kingdom. It's more, to, it's more to this than just getting people saved. And so the thing let is, me, again, let me, let, go let ahead, me ask you I'm going to quickly mention something. I'm going to. I got seven words, seven phrases. I'm going to say, all right, you just walk into this knowledge, and what are you going to do with this? The first phrase or word I'm going to give you is Holy Spirit. What does Holy that Spirit. play? What does that play in the now that you know we're Israel? Now that a person whether they be in the camp or outside the camp looking in, you see the real Israelites, you're looking outside in, and you now recognize, oh, my goodness, these African-Americans really are Jacob. They really are the, a lost tribe of Israel. Oh, my goodness, the Limba people in South Africa, you know, they were, a lot of them was brought to slave. Yes, slave ships can be brought uh, from slaves one part of Africa to another. That's how long Africa is. And they, they're they living out uh, Deuteronomy 28, and, and, and so does the untouchables of India. You, you start seeing all these vast amount of very dark-skinned people, and you start saying, wow, we have the wrong Israel in Israel. The true Israelites are dispersed, you've got this revelation. You see it. You see how important it is. What does the Holy Spirit, what's the... I guess what I'm saying is, what's the significance and the importance that the Holy Spirit, the role that the Holy Spirit plays in yes, being an Israelite? Yes, 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 I, w- yes, I, yes. I, I, I would say it's supreme above everything and everyone else. Simply put, it's supreme above everything and everyone else. Because first of all, remember, you know, from our standpoint and my perspective, and I can only speak for myself, but I think that you probably in agreement with this, is that I come from the perspective of a Messianic Israelite, one who believes in the Messiahship of, of Yahweh Shot, Yeshua, Jesus, whichever you refer to him as. So, and, and, and simply put, for me, that's a very significant because it says that no man can confess that 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 Christ is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals to us Christ. So the thing is, is that the Holy Spirit is significant and very supreme, significant because guess what? He is the governor of the kingdom in which we are citizens of. He runs the show. And also, again, I say this, that if you're an Israelite, to be honest with you, your lifestyle should be head and shoulders above rest. Your lifestyle should be an example. Why do we keep the Sabbath? Because it's a sign. It's a sign to unbelievers, just like tongues is. So therefore, if that being the case, if that's the way that we're living, and we're living according to what the Scripture is saying about the Holy Spirit, well, guess what? We're also called to be in this last days. You're talking about that 144,000? Well, that 144,000 are evangelists. We know that they are a select group of people, sanctified ones. But guess what? But it also speaks about Israel itself, just in general. All the prophets that prophesied from Moses up until to, to Christ, until John the Baptist, who was the last prophet of the Old Testament, Old Covenant order, they still, still spoke about us. So guess what? 
Now that you are believing that you are an Israelite and that you're called to walk in a favor and walk in the in, in, in the power for the purpose of witness, the Holy Spirit become, becomes extremely significant because guess what? It says how God anointed Jesus Christ who approved him with signs and wonders following, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't do that. It's simply you're not going to be an effective witness. And, not only that, and, and without the Holy Spirit, as you was talking about much earlier in the show, you're going to get tra- trapped up in all this law versus grace. It's a whole lot of folks. Just, absolutely. They just don't understand, man. And even the Sabbath. You know, I'm probably going to defer with Brother Gear on this maybe, but I know beyond a shadow of doubt that our life is now a Shabbat. Well, we cease, we're supposed to cease from our labors. Now that we can have the Holy Spirit, we're supposed to live as though we're supposed to die to self. The Bible said when Christ, who is our life, our life is supposed to be Christ. In other words, the character. We're supposed to cease from our labors. That don't mean it's on Saturdays. That's every day. We cease from our labors. And what I mean by that, I mean we we are existing. We breathe and eat and all that. But the life we now live is supposed to be unto Christ. That is a type of rest. It's actually more rest than you can do on three Sabbaths. You know, yeah, you're and, supposed and, and, to cease from worrying, cease from worrying, cease from your own righteousness, cease from trying to be righteous. You, righteousness is a gift. That's another revelation. I can have a whole show on the the, the gift of righteousness. You hardly ever hear people talking about the gift of righteousness because they don't believe that you can just be righteous by a gift. But righteousness really is a gift. It's not something you can work for. Now, we're supposed to live a consecrated life. Consecrated means you're trying to walk in the newness uh, of what you've learned and what the Father is showing you, and that means not sinning. However, that is not your righteousness. Your righteousness is something that's given. It's like a credit card. You're given that. Your righteousness because of the gift of righteousness that, that came when you accept uh, what the Father did through the Messiah. That's a gift. That's just yeah. just righteous, yeah. Yeah. you know. And, the and that and the thing you can't work for. So all of this has to be explained and revealed by the Holy Spirit. So because there's a whole lot of people chopped up and trapped up in the, the, the that, that Saturday. I just cannot believe that the Most High wants us to live one day. Better than the other days. That don't make no sense. That he wants no, more and, I, and, and that, and I think when you said that about the the righteousness thing, is that clearly, scripture clearly says. Because for me, it's all based on the scriptures. Christ is the end of law for righteousness' sake. I mean, that's just clearly, clearly put. If you're trying to seek righteousness by trying to keep the law, then basically you've missed the mark and you become a curse. I mean, I'm sorry. It's just. just Scripture says basically you follow from grace. You have basically you're trying to put Christ, you put him into an open shame again. You cannot basically be made righteous by keeping the law. No longer, not under this dispensation, because there's there now there now is no longer any acceptable sacrifice but the sacrifice of the Mashiach, which is Christ on that point. And and the thing when it talks about like the Sabbath, I'll tell people this is that I'm the first person that will tell everybody simply this is that those who have entered into rest have ceased from their own labors. What does clearly mean? This is where the Holy Spirit becomes extremely significant. Because what's happening is that you don't live your life according to what your will is, your plans, the things that you do. You don't live it according that way anymore. When you cease from your own labors, that's what it says. You have ceased from your own labors. You have entered into the rest. Because now you have taken on his will to do what is his labor. And you're doing it in his power and his strength. 
That means that guess what? Your life is completely sold out. To enter into the Sabbath, the Sabbath, that rest, because it didn't say a Sabbath. It said it still remaineth a rest to the people of God. And that rest is when you totally seek from your own labor. Well, if I can put that in the colloquial term to make it very understandable to people, comprehensible rather, it's really simple. When you sold out, you have ceased from your labors. When you have totally sold out to God to where he calls the shots, that means when you get up each day, you're listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit as to how he wants to lead and govern your day. Now you have ceased from your rest. But the physical Sabbath, which but, spoken but, but, but let me, let me, that's one I'm about the, the Sabbath. But the physical oh, Sabbath in which Christ, in which, the, in which Yahweh talked about before there was ever the people of Israel was a sign. It's a sign. It has nothing to do with a keeping of anything. It is a physical sign to unbelievers. That's why to this day, when you think of seven-day Adventists, most people don't know nothing about the doctrine of a seven-day Adventist, but they know one thing. They keep the Sabbath. They meet on the Sabbath. That's all you know about them. You don't know anything about them, but that stands out. And when you look at a lot of things that Brother Yeshua is going to bring to light, when he begins to discuss this issue, what me and him different is the fact that I feel like the law has not been abolished, but we are no longer subject to that law because that law, first of all, is vanishing away because a third of it has to do with a temple that's no longer in existence. And there are many other things that we can go into that detail. But the fact of the matter is, is that still there are things when it talks about, here's a good example. Look at the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul kept feast days. This is the same man who talks about grace. This is the same man who wrote Galatians, who wrote Colossians, who wrote First and Second Thessalonians. This is Paul, but Paul kept feast days. Read the book of Acts. Remember, I began this discussion by saying read the book of Acts because it is the only historical document that we have that chronicles the early church, which was made up predominantly of Israelites. And when you look at Paul, you see the Apostle Paul after the ascension of Christ, the Apostle Paul who has had the revelation of grace, Keeping feast. Now I haven't researched it as far as the Sabbath, but he's keeping yeah, feast. Yeah, yeah, and, and even the Messiah himself, you know, mm-hmm. was involved uh, with feast days and, and so forth. But all I'm saying is, these things, you know, this is how the world know who we are. These are these are things that the Most High commanded Israel to do forever, and this is one way. It's kind of like it's just a way to identify a people, and from them. From that sign, S-I-G-N, they locate us, and then they see us worship the Most High. And in in a in an indirect way, we are preaching the gospel to them by our as a nation, as we exist, and as we go through pain. And they they say, well, we see we you Israel, and y'all going through pain. We see you Israel, we see you blessed. We see you Israel. They, it's like we are being read like a book, and these. Feast days is what identifies, but to try to be justified by the feast day, try to oh, be no. justified by the Sabbath, Shabbat, no, it's ludicrous. Not. And that is exactly where a lot of our brothers and sisters that walk into this newness is going with this. Let me share, throw something else at you. Politics, the government, the United States, how should we look at it? We read that earlier in, uh, uh, in uh, definitely Jeremiah 29, but elaborate briefly on that, how should we look at Obama? How should we look at this government? Well, I think we should do, when it comes to Obama, we should do what the Scripture gives us a, a commandment to do. The Scripture says we're to pray for him. 
We're to pray for those the leaders, those who are in authority. We're to pray for those. All the, the powers that be or the authorities that be, they are ordained of God. They are ordained of the Most High. And we have a responsibility to pray for them. Why? So that we can live a peaceable life. Because simply put, that unless you're being a terror, you're not going to have any problem with them. But the simple fact is that how we, that is how we're to deal with them. However, I don't look for the government for any answers because this is a different system. This is a Babylonian system. It is inconsistent. It is anti-theoretical to the system in which I believe, and that is the system of the kingdom of God. So as far as me having any hope, any trust, any belief in this system, I work within it to the degree and to the extent that I can. I think people should be more involved in their in, in their local politics more so than these national politics because local politics is what makes the impact and effect, and you can have more effect because then what happens is they're in a more close-knit impact, and you can be more of a witness, and through your witness, through the way you carry yourself, through the way that you argue certain issues of the law, the way that you legislate, the spirit that with you behind it, that it's like that seed that Christ talked about, that small as a mustard seed, but grows into a large plant, because you begin to implant. Our, prob- our responsibility, for the most part, is to influence and impact, whether we be in politics, whether it's in, whether, whether it's in entertainment, wherever we at. Our number one responsibility as ambassadors of Christ, reconciling man back to the Most High, is for influence and impact, and it's for the kingdom. Well, brother, I'm going to tell you right now, I just, I ain't going to lie, brother Gary, I'm going to tell you this, and then I'll talk to you later off the air about this and elaborate. I don't think you've ever done this good on my on, on, the, on the show when you've been on. I think this is the best I've heard you. I have never heard anybody hit this subject as hard as you just did with regards to how should we live today. I mean, Jeremiah 29, if they didn't do it, I don't know what will. But I just appreciate you, brother, just coming on and just sharing it. I had a whole slew of stuff I was going to say, and I may kind of hit a little bit because I know you got to go here in a little bit. But I just want to just tell you, man, thanks. i got a couple more questions, but before I forget and you run out of here, let me say this, and I'll ask the questions after I finish this, if you have time. But I just want to tell you, and anybody listening, please follow Israel now, Brother Yahshua and Brother Gary doing big things. Most High is blessing them. Uh, they're in different states. One is in Texas, one is in Ohio, but they connect. There's another brother, Brother John Clark. Uh, he's up in uh, Kentucky. And they're doing their thing. There's another whole lot of folks that's with Israel now. I think they have over a thousand, two thousand followers. Uh, but I'm just saying, y'all check them out. They are doing their thing. And uh, folks, if it ain't if it ain't if it ain't dripping with love on it, you're in the wrong camp. Period. <laughs> you're gonna lose. Most high ain't doing nothing out of hatred. I don't mm-hmm. care. I don't care. I do believe that. So-called Caucasians are the people that rule over us in the United States of America. I do believe that there is judgment that's going to be upon them, but we still supposed to pray as we have been commanded to. And not just in Jeremiah, we he just brother Gary just read one chapter. We can we can talk a whole lot more on uh, other scriptures that say it a little different. But I'm saying this: I do believe that there is judgment going to come upon this country because yes, the Most High used them to oppress us to captivate us to captivate us, but they took it too far. They took it too far. Slavery shouldn't have had nothing to do with sexuality. Slavery shouldn't have had nothing to do with breaking men from their homes and, you know, breaking up families. Slavery been going on forever. 
and the slavery that the Most High uh, authorized, where, yes, we were supposed to be taken away from our land. Yes, we were supposed to not own uh, things, and we were supposed to uh, serve the serve the, the one that the Most High said we would bring from the northern country. Yes, that's all biblical, but a lot of the stuff they did wasn't that, nothing to do with none of those uh, scriptures. And where you see that is where America is going to pay and is paying as we speak. So that, I don't know if we can pray that often because the Bible already said it's going to happen. So, and you know, in something, in something, Seth, you talk about America, something that, um, and first of all, all praise to the Most High, to Yahweh, give him glory and honor because, hey, <laughs> no, nobody know like he know what's really up, you know, from whence, you know, he's brought us. But I will say this, that in, in um, the point that you was just making, <clears throat> say that again, the last thing you just said. Well, hold on, let me just remind everybody, I just got a reminder that said we got 90 seconds. So anybody on the, on the phone line, I mean in the chat room, please call quickly, 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 uh, the 760-283-0838. I'm going to type this number quickly for you. It should be right up right on the screen, 760-283-0838. You got 60 seconds, just said. Okay, 760 but I was just talking about uh, the Most High. He brought his people against us. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, that was the point. Yeah, and 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 this kind of might change people's perspective when they think about this nation. When they look at it in this. When you look at Revelation the 17th and 18th chapter, and you look at Revelations in, in the uh, timeline in the context in which it's based when it talks about those seven trumpets. And what's going to happen at the at the sounding of even tr each trumpet? And those seven trumpets are, are are declarations of judgment. Well, it may come as a shock to most people, but actually, the last nation to be to be judged before Christ actually gathers his people and returns them and judges the world it may come as a disappointment to some people. It's Babylon, and I often wondered. You know, Father, why is that? It's the most wicked nation on the planet. It is responsible for more deaths than any other nation on the planet and more suffering. Why? Well, it's just like when you go back to the garden. In the garden, there was two trees. There was a knowledge of good and evil, and there was a tree of life. The tree of life makes no sense unless you have an option. And when you look at where we're at and you look at it within Scripture, you see that actually that which we thought, or many look at us for our destruction, this may come as a shock to you. It's really working for your preservation. Because for the for the most of the part, you have to realize that when we were dispersed through slavery, through the European slave trade, transatlantic slave trade, most of us came to the Western Hemisphere. And if you look at the nations that are going to be judged and many destroyed in the final days, before that destruction comes, most of those nations are going to be Eastern nations. So actually, we're being preserved. And, that's, and, and, and the reason why I come, the difference of opinion, and pers it, it all goes to do with perspective. And it also goes understanding that, guess what, first natural, then spiritual. The things of the spirit mind are foolishness to the person who is a carnal-minded person. So when you talk about the Holy Spirit, if you're not born again of the Holy Spirit, if you don't have that seal of your salvation in your heart, that book that you're reading, all you're doing is guesswork. That's really basically all you're doing. You're guesswork. 
Because the reason why come we as a people talking about Israel is the reason why come we have come under judgment so many times and fell into apostasy and fell back. It's the same problem that we have today. The biggest problem that we really have, and people may say, no, it can't be that simple. We are people of little faith. Because all we do is see things in the natural. That's what that's what Hebrew Israelites are doing right now. They see everything in the natural. They can't see beyond the natural into the spiritual realm. That's why it's hard for them to grasp the kingdom of the God, the gospel of the kingdom, because they can't get beyond the physical. And that's why or, our forefathers or, didn't or, some, or something we haven't mentioned one time tonight, and that's spiritual warfare. Right. Well, these you can't get people, it. The thing is that people, spiritual warfare, right? And spiritual warfare operates, and Seth, you do of all people know. You are not going to be effective in operating in spiritual warfare unless you operate in faith. When I lay hands on you and say the devil leave, I got faith to believe that the Holy Spirit in me is saying, devil, you're leaving, and you're going to leave. When I lay hands on you and say, can I speak healing to your body? My faith is in the Most High who is the one who is doing the healing. I'm telling you, the biggest problem, and if you look at it scripture, you look at it in Hebrews where they revisit the whole problem that we had in the wilderness. Why come we never entered in? Because of lack of faith. Even the scripture says it was an evil heart of unbelief. Unbelief. So the thing is, is that the Most High comes to us and he speaks to us, but we always take it in a different direction, like the faith movement. I have to give a kudos to you, Seth. I have to give big ups to you. Because even though there were a lot of people who were teaching in the extreme, now I see the very significance of why it was necessary for faith to be taught. Even though many of them took it to the extreme. But I'm not about to throw my child out with that nasty or that dirty bath water over there. And that's what I tell to every person on this line. There have been truths that you know are true. They have proven the test of time. That's why when people go through this whole thing about the names, I would tell many of you Hebrew Israelites, I'll call you, I'll give you the Mount Carmel uh, a Prophet Elijah uh, confrontation. I've seen too many healed, too many people healed, too many people delivered in the name of not Yahweh not in the pronunciation of Yeshua, but in the name, in the pronunciation of Jesus. So it's like I don't make no squabble about that kind of stuff because it's a time, it's a proven, tested thing for me. Because while you reading books and trying to find out if it was working, I've been laying hands on devils and seeing them flee. I've been laying hands on sick people over the years and seeing them get up and raise from their sick bed. So you can't convince me of anything otherwise. And like the Holy, like Yahweh said in regards to the Holy Spirit, He said, "If Satan be divided, he can't stand." And so while you're trying to accuse, they were accusing the most the Messiah of having a demon spirit of saying that's what was casting out them devils. He took that as a great offense. He was so offended by it that he said that every sin that man committed can be forgiven, even the sins against the Son of Man. But any man who blasphemed the Holy Spirit would not be forgiven. That's how powerful and significant the Holy Spirit is to this walk, whether you be Hebrew, Israelite, or whether you be... Puerto Rican, any other ethnicity, you're not going to live a life in the kingdom and understand the things, especially in the New Testament, because they're all revelations. The New Testament is a book filled with mysteries, the documentary of mysteries that were that could that would not have been revealed under the old covenant. So it's extremely significant, brother Seth, when you talk about the Holy Spirit. But I wow. thank you for this opportunity, brother. I really appreciate it. <clears throat> We're right at two o'clock. I know probably a lot of people fell off, and um, I got 
couple be rolling here in a couple of hours myself. But um, again, man, I, I just go out to you, Seth, for you to do this, for you to put this together. I think that there's some information out now, and I'll say this in front of the in ears of the people so they can hear. I've been on Brother Seth to tell him he needs to take this these teachings, put them together. And put them on a CD so people can have access to it because everybody doesn't tune in to Blog Talk. A lot of people don't use it. But this is something that if y'all want this information, as soon as Brother Seth makes it available, you may have people that may not have access to the Internet, but they have a CD player. Put this information in because this is a move of the most. I don't even call this a move of the most high. We're just walking in the providency of, pro- of, of prophecy. We're just feeling it for fulfilling it. It was spoken before we ever came into existence. I don't even call it a movement. We're just flowing right into the fulfillment of prophecy. Amen. Well, listen, brother, I just thank you for coming on. I know you got some other things planned that you spoke left at one, so you're over about 35, 36 minutes. So I'm going to let you go. Again, thank you for stopping by. And, folks, don't go away because we're going to take a short little break, and then I'm going to come back and add some much, much needed final tips to the show, final conclusions or whatever you want to call it, but you got to hear this, you got to hear this, you got to hear these final uh, takes before uh, we close out. But brother, and I will uh, be asking you, brother, but as I'm getting making my arrangements, I'll be probably listening to you, brother Seth, if I'm probably going to archive the message again myself. And I will say to the family, you beloved family, when I come to the Israelites, brother Seth, to tell you, you're not going to meet a man that loves black people any much more than I do. I love me some Israelites. Even when I didn't know we were Israelites, I loved Israelites. So the beloved, I tell you, shalom. All right, my brother. And thank you again for stopping by, my brother. Appreciate that. All right, then. Good night. Uh, all right. Again, that's Brother Gary, and he was uh, just did a good job. I mean, that's, that's I think that's the best he have ever done on uh, that topic. And we've talked for over 20 years on various uh, issues uh, along these lines. I'm going to take a short little break, and I'll be back. And, folks, I'm telling you, when I come back, when I come back, these are some must-hear things to wrap up what we have said. Stay tuned. Don't go nowhere. You're going to miss out. I'm telling you. I'm not just teasing you. I got something for you.
I like to just say the law has been fulfilled through Christ. Okay. I don't want to get on that, but Gary did a wonderful job. But I just want to say, as we move forward as Israelites, let's look to Christ as our righteousness, not works, not what you're doing, not what day you keep it, not whether or not you speak Hebrew, not what name you calling on. <sighs> Folks, don't y'all know that Romans 2 talks about a people. Romans 2, the book of Romans chapter 2, talks about the very end of the chapter. It talks about people that are pleasing the Most High that never had any Old Testament. They didn't have no New Testament. They didn't have any law. But they had a relationship with the Most High anyhow on their hearts. If that don't prove it, I don't know what will. If that don't validate, and I feel like turning over to it and, and, and reading it, but I won't for sake of time. I just want you just to have you all to read Romans 2, the very last verses where it talks about uh, circumcision of the heart versus circumcision of the uh, of the male uh, organ. It's talking about a circumcision of the heart and that you can have this circumcision of the heart uh, and not even have the law. How can you... How can you please the Most High without the law? But these people, y'all going to make me read this. These people please the Most High to the degree that he, the Most High, accepted them over his own natural biological seed of Abraham. It's in your Bible. Romans 2 and the last verses. I think I'm going to go ahead and read that because some of y'all, I can feel it in the air, think I'm just saying so. While I'm turning to that, folks, please, please remember, I got it already. Let me just go ahead and read this. But please remember the Holy Spirit. If you don't get nothing out of this show tonight, get an understanding that we, we, you, I, I'm, we know me and Gary would talk like we got it together. We don't. We have challenges in our own lives. I know I do. I honestly, for sure, for sure do. But I've come to a strong reality that I need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. And the very last thing I need and you need in your life is anything administering death and condemnation. And this is what happens when you try to live and be justified by the law in and of itself. It is crazy. That's suicide. You cannot... Keep that whole law. You just can't. And the Bible says if you offend, in one point, you are guilty of it all. So if you happen to not keep the Shabbat the right way, you are a rapist and a murderer and a thief. I'm sure you don't want to try that to be justified through that system. Verse 26 of Romans 2. Check this out. Actually, let's go to verse 24. I want you all to listen to this. For those of you all that are so stuck on the law, you, can, you can't you can see, you just don't get it, you just got to go, you know, you feel like you're more holy on the Shabbat and you keep the feast days, you think you're better than other people and you feel like uh, just the Gentiles can't tell you now that you don't respect those spiritual Jews, you know, those Gentiles that have been engrafted into the commonwealth of Israel when, when Israel rejected the Messiah. 
You don't have no respect for them. Check this out. Check this out. We'll start at verse 24. For the name of God is blasting among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. Talking about the Israelites. Now watch this. Verse 25. For circumcision verily, uh, verily profited if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. So you see what I mean? So even though you're circumcised, if you don't keep the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. It's like you want, you're not even circumcised. I'm going to say it again. If you break the law, it's like all of a sudden that foreskin that has been cut is now back on you. Ain't that crazy? I'm going to say it again because some of y'all ain't getting this. I know you're not. If you do not keep the entire law, that circumcision that you have accomplished is counted for uncircumcision. Verse 27, for shall not uncircumcision which is by nature, read that again, verse 27, we're reading from Romans 2, verse 27. And shall not uncircumcision, I don't know why I can't read tonight. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it is fulfilled. Let me start over. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision doest transgress the law. The verse 28 and 29 is the most important part of this. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly. Watch this. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. This is what Brother Garrett was saying. This thing is spiritual. This is to Israel. And it's saying that he is a Jew that is not one outwardly. In other words, I know some of y'all are saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. So if you're not right spiritually, you're not even a Jew no more. Keep in mind, when Israel was not right and the Most High destroyed them, he still called them Israel. That's not what it's saying. What it's, what it's saying is that the Most High truly wants us to worship him in spirit. But it say he is a Jew. He is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Okay. Watch this. Neither is that circumcision which is hourly in the flesh. Now, it sounds like right here these scriptures are saying that, ain't, that again, if you're not living right, you're not a Jew. I, what it's saying, this is what we need the Holy Spirit to help us here, is we need to worship the Most High in spirit and truth. That's what other scriptures say. This person was not circumcised. This next verse is going to show you how he didn't even have a law. But without the law, he had his heart circumcised. How can your heart be circumcised? How can you cut the foreskin off your heart? This thing is spiritual. Listen. Please listen. Verse 29. For he is a Jew which is one 
I added to spiritually speaking. Verse 29, again, for he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit. I just said that. And not in the letter, and not in the letter, and not in the letter, and not in the letter whose praise is not of men. If you're in the letter, your praise is of men. That's why people, I think these a lot of these Hebrews, it's so interesting in the law because they get praise of men. Oh, you keep the Shabbat? Oh, you keep the Sabbath? Oh, you keep the feast days? What days y'all do it? No, man, y'all got to go to the right moon. This this new moon. It's not that new moon. What do y'all wear? Y'all dressed in white? Do y'all fast on this day? Oh, you should be fasting. Oh, we should. You should. When you do, you get praises of men by if you do this or you don't do it. But this is saying he is a Jew which is one. Inwardly, nobody can see your heart, so there ain't no praise by men. I told y'all I had something to say. I told y'all to stay tuned. I have something deep to say. I'm not done here. And circumcision is that of the heart, of the heart, of the heart, in the spirit, in the spirit, in the spirit, and not in the letter whose praise is not of men, but of God. Now, so for those of you that are saying, how should we live? One thing you should have heard very clear tonight is for sure you ain't or you shouldn't be wasting your time trying to keep something that your forefathers can keep. Now, I must say this. If you're following the Holy Spirit, there's actually more than those laws in the Old Testament. If you follow the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to have us keeping all of the law. Because if we accept Christ, the Bible says he is our righteousness. So automatically we're justified as though we kept the whole law just by our faith. Bam, boom. Atomic bomb just fell on everything. So if we accept Christ and we believe in and accept what the Most High, the Most High have done through Christ, we believe that and accept that and trust in that work, we are made righteous. And we have kept all of the laws. Now, does that mean because you have this faith that you let your body go out of control? No, here is when we talk about something called consecration. Because we have been made righteousness through faith, we're now supposed to walk as people of the light, doing deeds of the light and not deeds of darkness. And this is when our body in our, it, it will bless on the planet as we allow this righteousness that have been that have we have been made inwardly as we exercise our bodies on the planet obeying these laws we see the blessings of the most high in our lives and finances and kids and wives and husbands and this is when we see it physically once it oozes from the inside out. This is why we don't have time to be talking about no hating, no white men and no black men and nothing else. Told y'all I had something for you. Okay? And as y'all know that the scripture said very clearly, those that worship must worship in spirit and in truth. That's John 4 and 24. 
The Most High ain't interested in you trying to keep no feast days and no Shabbats. Those things are a sign to the heathen that we're Israel. It mocks us as a people, but it does other things like keep us culturally intact. It creates opportunities for us to preach to our children who we are as a people. It's fleshly. It's good fleshly things to do that will bring blessings if you do these things, but they're not and they can't bring about righteousness. Are you kidding me? So how should we look at the government, politics, business? I'm going to have to do a whole show all by myself because time is running out and I cannot get into those things. I'm going to respect y'all staying. Those who've been still on the phone lines, I see you. I see you. Uh, Eric code 661-702-323. Just SC 765. I see y'all still hanging on the phone lines, and I want to thank y'all for listening and listening with an ear to hear. Those of you in the chat room, if, if you if you are, I don't know if you're chatting or not. I haven't looked in the chat room in a while. Uh, but listen, we're going to do a part six with Brother Yahshua. This brother to me, Brother Yahshua, is the sharpest brother I know in the Old Testament. Problem is, with that, it's not a problem, but uh, we learn and build from a foundation. And, and I shouldn't say problem, I said that wrong, but I want to say that it's now about what the Most High is doing in the spirit. The law had its purpose. The Old Testament had its beginning. We, what would we do without Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus? I'm one of those people that believe it is ludicrous to look over. That's our foundation. You can't build no kind of house without no foundation. So I don't know where folks get off saying the Old Testament is we don't use it or nothing like that. That is ludicrous, crazy, foolishness, and evil. Of course we use the Old Testament. We need the Old Testament like we need our lungs. You know, Christ said he didn't come to do away with it. He just come to fulfill it. So how can you fulfill something if you're going to get rid of it? You can't bring on Christ and get rid of the law. I don't believe in that lie. So I'm saying it has its purpose. We need it. But folks do not discount Christ. And those of y'all that don't even believe in Christ, I don't even know what to tell you. I mean, because if you don't believe in Christ and you call yourself Israel, you are yet in your sins. What you going to do, resurrect Aaron and try to start the priesthood again and offer up the lambs and bulls and goats? You are yet in your sin. I can go so much further with this, but I'm going to end this show because I don't want to go the full three hours. It's really two hours and let you go over four hours. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Brother Yeshua is going to join us either Sunday or Monday. Stay tuned. And get a reminder sent to y'all's emails and cell phones where when the show pops on, we do plan it, you'll see it, and you can tune in. Uh, part six, again, we're going to let another brother who lives in another state, uh, different wife, different family, different experience, different age, talk about what it means to him to live as an Israelite. And we're going to ask him some of the same questions. How do you look at the government? How do you look at people outside of Israel? the camp of Israel. What do you have to say to uh, those from the outside looking in? I mean, we've got people from all over the world that is not Israel, that, that they got to be able to hear this same truth. This is not just for Israelites. Y'all got to get over that. This is a global movement. This is a world movement, a world event. This is not something that's just to 
African Americans. The Most High will never, ever do stuff just to us as a small, tiny people. He always thinks global, never have, always wants the whole planet. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the scripture says. So what are you going to do with Chinese people that might happen to stumble upon this broadcast and they wonder how they benefit? Can you share with them anything or you just kind of just ignore them because they're Chinese? Israel has been scattered to the China. There are Israelites that are in China, believe me. Look at my YouTube and while I'm at it, y'all check out my library and the Facebook and website. Uh, again, my website is for those of y'all that that, uh, that don't know. I do have a website and it's uh, www.fivesmoothstones.webs.com. Please go to the site, join the site, join the site, join the site. It's a new site. Haven't had a chance to do much with it. But I've done, I've done a lot with it, but I want to do a whole lot more. So it's enough there to keep you busy. But go there, fellowship with other people there, members there. And uh, also we have a, a, a library. I put the link inside of the show description at the bottom. There's a link to my library. You can see tons and tons of books about very well-meaning, spirit-led people uh, sharing these same things. Uh, you can also get a, a link to that library off my front page. If you go to Blog Talk by Smooth Stones on the front page, that's www.blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. Five underscore smooth underscore stones. One more time, www.blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. You can get uh, a link to the library. The library is going to help you because you, you can get all type of authors that can say the same thing I'm saying, but in more scientific, biblically, spiritually ways. Okay, lots and lots of books coming in all kind of angles that we talk about at Five Smooth Stone, which is nothing more than five topics. Okay, also Facebook, Facebook. You can see a lot of what we've talked about. Uh, all uh, uh, from my friends, Israelite friends. I have over 800 Israelite friends to. Just conversations and, 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 and pictures of and audio of me all over the world uh, sharing some of these same same truths. So, folks, please check out these links. Check out these links. Check out these links. Okay, I'm gonna leave you all with a song. I always try to leave you with something that kind of speaks to what we talked about. Please, folks. Please, please, please. I beg you, please hear what Brother Gary said earlier and share this. Share this. If you really like what we said and you want to say, well, Brother, y'all really did do a good job, we ain't asking for you to tell us that per se. Just do that in forms of, in, a, in, in the way of letting other people know. Share this link. Take the link to the show, to this to this very show you're listening to, and put it on your Facebook on your Facebook page where people can click on the link and listen. That's what you want to do. You want to be a blessing to Brother Seth. You want to say thank to me, thank you uh, in so many ways. Do that. That will mean a lot to me because truly it's nothing else that uh, means more to me than getting this word out because I believe that there's a lot of people that don't know who we are and, and things just not going to be right until they know who they are as a people. Like I, I was in church, I was laying hands on the sick, praying, I was getting the, the gifts of the Spirit, which we didn't even touch, 
again, there's so many things we don't even touch when we talk about these shows. Like today, we didn't talk about spiritual warfare. We didn't talk about the gifts of the spirit. We didn't talk about our own personal testimonies that much. It's so many, many things. Brother uh, Yeshua and I have been to Israel. We didn't talk about that. And I've been there eight times. I didn't really get a chance to talk about that. Some different experiences we had. It's so much, so much more to talk about. We just don't have the time to do it. So Brother Yeshua is going to speak next week. And, uh, I mean, uh, on yeah Sunday or Monday. And then I'll come on after him and try to close out this top. Try to close out this topic. And uh, I just want y'all to please again share the information. If you don't, I don't know what to tell you. We, you know, we're not asking for any money. We're not asking you for anything other than you just click here, click there, and get this out. So I just don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say, but I do want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for your support, those you that do. Our members over at www.fivesmoothstones.webs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all. I'm so appreciative that you all have uh, followed us, and some of you all have dropped videos on me on the site. Some of you all have dropped pictures and photos that make you think on the site. Uh, Some of you all just just exchange and talk to the other brothers and sisters that are already is members of the site. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate appreciate that so much. And uh, I just want you all to know that. So anyway, uh, check us out on Sunday or Monday. And uh, this song, please listen to the whole song and just know that the most high is your shield. We don't have to fear. I know these people are stepping on us, and I know our people are suffering. I know we see a lot of pain, and I know how easy it is to, to – you don't really hate, but you're just tired of the oppressors. It's very normal. Remember David said something about uh, – I think it was Psalms 137. Was it? No, nah, it wasn't Psalms 137. We're talking about let, uh, yeah, I think it was Psalms 137. We're talking about let your little ones, talking about the oppressors, It'd be good if say happy he be that dasheth thy little one head against the stone. That's David. Happy he be that dasheth thy little one, talking about the oppressors of Israel, against the stone. This is in your your Bible. So I understand the anger that you feel when you see your people going through so much and it seems like we just can't um just can't seem to break free from this oppression. Uh, so I feel you on that, but we can't hate. We got to understand all of you. That's Psalms 137 in verse 9. Happy shall he be that dasheth your little one against the stones. Bust your cheers upside the head. And this is David. So I'm just saying, if 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 King David make a statement like that, and that's worse statements than that. He also says, when you judge my enemy, I want to see. I want to see when you get them. I want to see them fall. You know, I mean, there's lots of scriptures where David is just wanting to see one of the enemy, the, the, the most high just bust the enemy's head. He says it. Well, now you, here we are, 2013, you feeling the same way. It's very normal what you feel. But you got to remember who has brought us here. It wasn't the white man. It wasn't Europeans. It was the Most High. Our own people turned against the Most High, so don't you do it. 
don't you do it and cause more punishment on your generation, your people, your household. Again, I'm not trying to put anybody under condemnation. We have been justified by the gift of righteousness. All right. thought I would leave with a song. This one is by Byron Cage. It says, Thou, O Lord. And I know we say Yahshua, and, I mean, I mean Yahweh and Yahweh. I understand, but go with the spirit of what's being said. Again, you can't be focused too much always on the letter. It's the spirit. Who are they talking about? The same person. Thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. If this don't encourage you, I don't know what will. Folks, we have the victory. We know who we are as a people. Yes, met the vast majority of our people will not be savage, but I do believe that the knowledge of who we are is going to be common household information one day and a remnant, an election, a remnant, an election according to Romans 9, 10, 11 shall be saved. So we have got to seek to be a part of that election or at least a part of the number that no man can number. The 144,000 was the true and the faithful. They follow the Lamb wherever you go. And that's what we should aspire to be. We should aspire to have a relationship with the Most High and, and, and have him to open, just to walk with the Father. Walk with the Father and know him, not just to be a part of that number, but just to walk with the Father, just to get to know the Father. I'm not talking about Christ right now. I'm talking about the Father who sent Christ to make it available for us to be able to walk into the Holy of Holies and get to know him. This is the person that even the church don't talk about. They make Christ the Father. No, Christ is the way to the Father. Good night, everybody. I love every single one of y'all. And there is nothing you can do about it. Lord, how are they
when I cry, when I pray, didn't understand, you lifted my Thank <laughs> you. 